Hi, this is Joseph Arthur. Thanks for checking out Come to Where I'm From. Please support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash come to where I'm from. We are an independent podcast, and any contributions you can make are greatly appreciated. We do it all. How long have you been doing podcast? Well, this is like our back to back to starting it again. Okay. Yeah, we went on a break. Well, this is episode 31. Episode 31. We've been doing it since the... I feel like you're so far away. End of June. Ehud's... We got this long table between us. I don't know. This feels like a professional operation, though. Well, it's Ehud. It is. Oh, yeah? Yeah. This is not you. <laughs> no, this is not me. <laughs> I'm the front man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I heard you say that thing where you like you go through albums where you're trying, you want to do everything. Oh, oh and yeah. And you're like, someone do all this stuff? Oh, please. Just yeah. somebody do it all. Yeah. Yeah, I just finished the second Arthur Buck record, and it's and this guy Jackknife Lee, and um, oh my god, I just keep spacing on the other guy that mixed it. Can we edit that? Yes. Part? <laughs> oh, we've started. Yeah, we're the old. The old <laughs> I mean, this is the old podcast trick. You, 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 you just—it's already yeah. started. Yeah. Uh, let me look up his name. We don't I, let you uh, talk to the host before I press record. Yeah. It's already been going for fifteen minutes. Yeah. yeah. You keep in the bathroom break, right? Just a long well, yeah. Yeah, we 90 did a, second. We did an off. intro and you were in the bathroom. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we did an intro. It was a lame intro. For, so, really? like, for a great guest, I got to say. We're glad to have you. Are you going to redo I'm it? I'm a little nervous. You are? Why? I don't know. We're just, both from Ohio. I know. That's just keep that. Just remember that. <laughs> I know. Okay, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. So where, what part of Ohio are you from? Columbus. Oh, okay. I'm from yeah. Akron. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. But yeah, so Jackknife Lee and Matt Bishop did the whole mixing and even are sequencing it and everything and it's just such a relief yeah people make better decisions other than i sometimes me, feel I that think. way because i do so many things like when i'm acting i'm like oh i just have to show up and do this scene and get the hell out of here yeah and you guys will figure out the rest isn't that great it's great and then sometimes i i go into control freak mode and i'm like mm-hmm. no, no no i want to do everything both are good right yeah yeah absolutely yeah I, and you did that with your film i did yeah i did two films yeah you did two films yeah but, yeah which one, what are those called? Happy Thank You More Please was the first one, and Liberal Arts was the second one. And you directed and wrote? I wrote, directed. Uh, I was in both of them, stupidly. I don't recommend that. Oh, and really? Then, uh, well, no, it was great, but I don't, I don't really want to do it. I, I found my favorite, uh, my favorite parts of the movie were directing scenes I wasn't in. Uh-huh. So I'm hopefully about to direct a new movie that I did not write a part for myself in, which oh, okay. is great. Yeah. It's kind of like yeah. what Sean Penn did in The Crossing Guard. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. He, he wasn't in that. he wasn't in that he wasn't in into the wild either oh really well you, but isn't that a documentary no 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 oh, it's yeah. emile hirsch yeah. oh, okay yeah. yeah 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 um yeah so so you're gonna go that route direct I, direct and write something yeah, and yeah. Not, not be in it yeah but i'm acting in something now which has been super fun Hmm. What are you acting yeah. in? Rise. D- no, no, Rise is done. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's this crazy, awesome show for Amazon called The Hunt. It's about um, a rogue gang of Nazi hunters in 1977 who are hunting out Nazis who uh, are hiding out in America after the war. Like, instead of going to South America or hiding out in Europe, they came to America. And this is actually true that the U.S. government, you know, in, a, in the war with uh, the Cold War, 
they didn't want the Soviets to get all the great scientists, and uh-huh. and so they they brought them over here. Right. Yeah. Like, so, isn't the head of NASA? Wasn't he? Yeah, Werner von Braun was started by he, an he, SS. There's a plot point of we we go after him. Oh, really? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, it's a super cool show. Al Pacino's in it, and Carol Kane, and all these amazing wow. people. So that's rad. And I'm getting I'm playing a, a movie star called Lonnie Flash, who's. Um, you know, he wants to be like Pacino or De Niro and, yeah. but he's like turning into Burt Reynolds. Like he was a Coke addict and, he, oh, really? and, he, and he's just like, he's, he's done all these B movies and he's trying to get his career back, but he's killing Nazis to kind of save his soul. That's a fun character. Super fun. I did have a mustache and chops and a little, but I had to shave it last week to go undercover and oh. infiltrate a Nazi plot. Oh really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, so that's I'm cool. without it right now. <laughs> yeah. Lonnie Flash. Yeah. It's a great name. Nay Leonard Flagenstein. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's kind of remi- reminiscent of Quentin Tarantino on a few levels. Kind of. It, it, I, when thing. I watched, well, the Nazi thing and, and also Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It was, right, Once Upon a Time Reminds me of, yeah, when I watched Leonardo DiCaprio's, I was like, yeah, me and Leo, we're always, we're always doing the same neck thing. Neck. Yeah. Yeah. Did you like that Quentin's movie? Did I like it? I I, you know what's weird? It left a weird, really kind of acidic taste in my mouth, and I haven't been able to stop thinking about it and talking about it with people, and I'll probably watch it again. Right. You know what I mean? Did you see it? I did see it, yeah. yeah. I liked it a lot. I didn't, I, I mean, I don't know about spoiler alerts, but I didn't see the plot twist coming. Oh, okay, yeah. I love that he's reinventing factual things and fictionalizing them. I, I, I you think know, it's kind, kind of, of like, it's a great like film megalomaniac thing. He's like, I yeah. can do with history what I want to do with it. I like that. You know what I mean? I like it. When, or you, I was just listening to something you were writing or saying where you said like, be, I forget, it's a quote, but be cool in your life so you can be crazy in your art. And that's me paraphrasing Oh no, that's, it. it's actually like a Flaubert quote or something, but yeah. I, I, I quote it all the time, which is like, be regular and orderly in your life so right. you can be violent and original in your work I think yeah it is. yeah i like my adi- my uh, adaptation of it be cool in your life so you can be crazy in your no work. i like that that works that's the <laughs> that 21st a, century yeah. adaptation <laughs> that's the bumper sticker yeah version. yeah yeah that fits on the on the back of the car <laughs> i like that yeah 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 um awkward silence <laughs> what do you got well, um well i got a lot you said rise actually. just ended rise ended se- second season right <laughs> no no we just First? did one season oh, yeah okay. and it was one of those I, I thought was gonna go for years it just had such a good vibe about oh. it and it, and it felt like it was such a great you know a great show about art and kids and and values and like everything i would want to be putting out in the world like in the trump era mm-hmm. you know and uh yeah, it just felt like it got ground up in the gears of, you know, network politics and all kinds of stuff. So it didn't go. But then, I, you know, I don't know if you find this with your career. It's like everything I think is going to be one thing mm-hmm. ends up not to be the thing. Mm-hmm. And then something comes in that is so weird and special and interesting that you're like, oh, if I was doing that, I wouldn't be doing this. Right. You know, so I, I feel like it's kind of um, I have a lot more faith uh, I, I got out of grad school at NYU in 1999, so I've been acting professionally for 20 years. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's enough of a sample size now that I can see that I'm, I'm, jobs will come. Mm-hmm. You know, I still feel pretty employable. I've been doing this for a while. I don't feel like it's a fluke that I get employed. I don't. I, my imposter syndrome is a lot less. Yeah, well, it you, should you know. be by now. Well, but it lasted a long time. I know because you know? because of the huge success that kind of like. That's, so I think that, that's jolted you in your perspective because most people, like all of your not not 
quote unquote huge successes would be most people's huge successes. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. You, you know, but you had this like cultural show which right. very few people Right. And get I do that. think that did that, that did destabilize of me. Your yeah. Parameters I would imagine. Well, you also I throw a lot out there and there's this kind of feeling of like why that and not this. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I don't I, it's confusing and, and, and also it's a little weird that the thing, you know, Ben is great. Like he, Ben Lee, you know, he told me like how I met your mother's like a huge hit of a musician. You're a musician. He's like, right. it's a huge hit song. Yeah, it's a hit and song. at every concert you do, someone's going to scream out for that song. Yeah. And you have to both thank and honor that they're probably a lot of those people discovered you because of that. Right. And you might have to play that song. You probably will have to play that song. Yeah. And then they'll hear your other stuff. Yeah. But 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 it can also be like a bit of a burden. I started writing. A, I hope I finished the script, but I started writing a um, a movie about a, a guy who was in like this band when he was younger and they had this massive hit that he hears everywhere. Mm-hmm. But he's like this really interesting singer songwriter who's doing really interesting stuff. Yeah. And he's haunted by this thing and he has this mentor character yeah. who says, you know, you're so obsessed with being a one hit wonder, but all you all you focus on is the one hit. You forget about the wonder. Yeah. You, you know, like oh. <laughs> like there's something great about a big success. Is that your line for the thing? I wrote it, but I don't well, know. We'll I, see. I, I think it's, it's a, good. It's a good line. It's a movie it, line. It is know? a movie line. But it feels but like there's good. something in there. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> it treads that line of like, is that too much or too something? But we'll see. We'll see. It's also like whenever I write those great lines in yeah. editing, I'm always like, let's cut that line. <laughs> you know, like I no, was, d- like the vulnerable lines like that are sometimes the best ones. You know? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's super weird to to have that and and but I also know at this point my my life is a reaction to it and a lot of interesting things have happened as I've kind of surfed the wave of that. Yeah. You know, um just just going deeper into being like an artist who makes a lot of stuff. Right. And fe- and I don't have to have a day job like I can make stuff. Yeah. You know, and I think about the liberation of that is pretty massive, and I don't take that for granted. Yeah, you know, I'm the same way. I don't, yeah, I don't take it for granted, but I feel like I'm always duking it out in the sort of I, this is going to sound I don't know negative, but in the minor leagues in a way, or just like uh, uh, you know, like I haven't had a huge hit, right? But I've had a long career where I've been supported just by my art, yeah, and music and stuff, and and I feel incredibly grateful for it, yeah. But I still feel like I'm like working towards something. So, but there's nothing. There's not a big shadow looming over my shoulder either. Right, really, right. You know? And there's there's benefits to both ways of you know ha- having had it happen. But yeah. either way, to make your living as an artist, especially in like America, it's crazy. Is crazy, and it like is. it ha- you have to be like, well, that's a blessing. Yeah, like, that's fortune. Yeah, y- you know. And you have to like practice gratitude because also that helps manifest more things to be grateful for. Yeah, exactly. And then I also I also am always kind of playing with the idea of like, what is a healthy ambition? Like, what is the, you know that fire in your belly that keeps you going and mm-hmm. and, and chasing some phantom thing? Like, because I wh- what I've found is like success. There, it doesn't actually feel like anything. Right. Like the carrot keeps moving. Right. right. Or you get on a success and you're like, but I didn't want it to be like this. Or people think of me this way and I didn't want it to. Like, there's so much you can't control mm-hmm. that I. Well, f- the mind comes in and, and oh, it, it's takes a, a dump it's, on the party. It's a always. dissatisfaction machine. Yeah. You know, always. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
I've just found like I've had to recalibrate like what gives me the joy and it's certainly not like um red carpets or photographs or publicity no. it's like writing a song with Ben like just sitting around and making stuff getting in the flow state yeah yeah exactly that's the and kick the, of it and the red carpet is insurance to be able to like get keep getting in the flow state while not having to go like work at Starbucks right I had a, uh, the ma- the woman who did my makeup from most of How I Met Your Mother, I used to tell her how much I hated like publicity and photo shoots. And she was like, that's the stuff you get paid for, the acting you do for free. Right. You know, because there is a grind, <laughs> right? Like there's every, uh, um, John Patrick Shanley's this, this great writer. And he, he said, I was at dinner with him and a bunch of people. And he was talking about like suffering and how the mind, you think you can escape suffering. And he's like, it's part of the deal, like on earth. Yeah. And, he, and he's like, the, the trick is like, find what you love and then suffer at that or struggle rather struggle yeah. at that, you know? So I kind of found what I like struggling at. And, and a lot of people don't find that. Yeah. I like what you're saying about how, like what, what that guy said about, what was his name? Sorry. John Patrick Shanley. John Patrick Shanley. Yeah. If somebody's got Moonstruck three names, and, I can't yeah, remember. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's a great writer. John, yeah. what he said about, yeah, sufferings. What? Well, he said struggle actually. Struggle, like, struggle is part of the deal. It absolutely so just is. find what you love to do and then struggle at that because you're going to be struggling at it. Like yeah. no creative person is like, oh, I'm just blissed out all the time making yeah. stuff. It's like some days are really great and other days are a grind. Right. Know? But just even in general in, in life, like um, I've been listening and this is a controversial name to bring up, but I've been listening on YouTube here we go. <laughs> no, jo- the Reverend Some no, Young Moon. Jordan Peterson's like <laughs> oh, yeah. biblical lectures. I've listened to some of Some him. of the biblical yeah. lectures. He's particularly the biblical things. Like he does these two hour like Bible story studies on, yeah. on YouTube. And uh, they're so interesting because it just really does like bring home that point that our time here on this plane of existence is not meant to be just like this like you know joyride like every like just it like interestingly like i was listening to the one about cain and abel yesterday who were in fact like the first human beings because adam and eve were like these beings from god right. that's not really a human being right like, and the very first human being was cain who was a murderer right like that's number human right. number one right right and not only a murderer but he killed his brother yeah i mean like for the worst reason possible, just straight like up. Like as, pa- as pattern setting like, goes, that's yeah, pretty clear. Like that's where we're coming from. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. I feel like a lot of, like if we set our bar like to where like, okay, Cain and Abel level. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, Can I do better like, than that brother murderer? Or just how hard life is. Yeah. Like if you if your expectation of life isn't that it's supposed to be a soft ride. Right. I find that really gratifying. Like, or, or, or just... Like I can get up and go, okay, let me go get up and do my three mile run into a yoga class as my big discipline thing. Right. Which is still cush. Right. Really. Like right. Compared to Cain and Abel. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like, right, right. <laughs> I, I like what you're saying though about, like I like going back to old stories right. and referencing the old stories because you see the rhyme, right? You see the harmony of like, Oh, these, you know, it's like that James Baldwin quote about like, I felt so alone until I discovered literature and Uh, realized that everyone throughout history had felt all the things I had felt, Yeah, you know, and then there's something comforting about, it almost feels like, I don't know, you're shaking hands with people from the past, you know, just That's interesting. You know? That's cool. And then, and then I feel like my struggles are not particularly unique. It kind of takes away some of my 
you know, uniqueness. Exactly. But it also puts me in the family of man. Yeah. You know? Uh-huh. Humans. Humans. Yeah. yeah I, that's yeah. what I love about going to like, I know you're not supposed to say it, but like say 12-step meetings or something. Yeah. And when people are just speaking about their problems, it's like to me the spirituality of the room is like, oh, everyone is struggling a crazy amount. Totally. And, and then there's identification where you're like either – you identify and you're like, I've felt that too. And yeah. now I feel less alone. Or if you don't, you're like, well, I can hold space. Like I, my compassion is expanded. Yeah. Cause people got it bad. Yeah. You know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And so you got, I, I like, uh, learning about you because you're exploring all this stuff like meditation and, um, and also I like, I read that you like are anti-porn too. Yeah. <laughs> like, that yeah. Still well, going on? I, I, I will say this. I'm not anti-porn in a, like, well, that's a complicated thing. For me, it's not yeah. good. By the way, we can edit anything yeah, yeah, out no, of I'm, it. I'm, if we go I'm, actually, I'm actually happy to talk about this. Yeah, no, I, feel, I, I like this subject I too. I feel that's like it's an under-discussed thing. Yeah. For something that, it's almost like dreams, right? Well, porn is a weapon. Uh, well, yeah. yeah. Anyway. But dreams, yeah. right? Yeah. People consider talking about your dreams as like, frou-frou, like, why do I care? Who uh -huh. cares? Yeah. That's a third of your life you're yeah. dreaming. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And I feel like porn has taken over a lot of over people's dreams. lives. Yeah. Well, it's taken over. It's a big part of a lot of people's lives. Yeah. And it's something that people don't talk about. For me, I haven't looked at it in about a decade. Yeah. And I'm about like three something years without it. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I oh, don't, nice. I don't, I don't mess with it either. I, I feel like it's so, so for me, it's so toxic. Yeah, that's why when I read that, I was like, oh, I'm going to talk to him about that. Yeah. Because that's my thing. I've got like the brain that like can't detach from that. Like for whatever reason, like oh, it's like Velcro on my brain. I don't think anybody can for real though. Well, you know, you know, it's like alcoholics like would say, you know, a non-alcoholic would be like, why can't you have one drink? Right. You know, and put it down. And I'm like with porn, I, I, and I wasn't super down the rabbit hole with it even. I just knew for some reason I was like, this is not good for my brain. And it made me sexualize every woman in the world. Right. And I was just like, it made it took me farther from the person I wanted to be, like whatever hazy kind of person I kind of think, like, no, I could be that guy on a good day. Right. Like porn kept and put me in the other direction. Yeah. That's the way I could describe it. Yeah. You know. And I and I I know a lot of guys are hurting around it, and I've had people reach out to me from from some of the stuff I've talked about and written about it, and I'm always really moved because it's such a vulnerable thing, and um. It's, uh, you know, our, our, the way society is right now, it's like, I think we're so lonely and we're so isolated and what's happening? Uh, they're just checking the system. Oh, okay. Um, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, yeah, I just think it's, it, people are in a uniquely fragile place yeah. and I feel like there's certain things that can plug you more into humanity or into your, your, yourself. Yeah. And then there's things that really will take you away uh -huh. on top of the fact that, and I, I don't want to sound, I'm not, I don't get on a lot of soapboxes around this thing, but like the scene around it is like, if you've seen any kind of docs on it or something, mm -hmm. it's not like the healthiest no. people are, are gravitating to it in terms not. of the making of it. Yeah. So to me, I, you know, it might seem like a minor thing, but to me it was like a major shift in my life when I was like, I'm not doing that. And in fact, if it was like playing somewhere, I would avert my eyes. Like it's, it, it's, I'm, su I'm super fragile around it. Yeah. 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 Well also I, I think when you like step away from it and then accidentally like if something 
props up on a feed. Or yeah, this, yeah, that totally. Or the other. You're just like, whoa. Yeah. It's shocking. It can be shocking. It's like, I it's know. Like, whoa. <laughs> what like, was, can I ask you, like, what, what, what led up to you walking away from it? Um, well, my whole life exploded about three plus years ago in terms of just like discovering the, um, mechanics around narcissistic personality disorder abuse and recovering from that i had post-traumatic stress disorder and i yeah. and i had been like seesawing through all these different addictions for so long i would get lots of time sober but then i would go back out and it would get crazy as hell yeah <clears throat> and then so um when when my life when the shit hit the fan in my life i got pretty I had to get vigilant about everything. And yeah. so then that's when like porn just was like, no, yeah, out, like I haven't drank since then, like right. n nothing like that. So it was just more just, you know, and I was like quite addictive with it too. Like yeah. it wasn't just nothing. You right, know? right, right. I mean, I think a lot of people are with it. But, yeah. I mean, it's also like, you know, it's a kind of whack-a-mole thing. Like you, t you start dealing with one, one, yeah, one <laughs> sorry, unfortunate, unfortunate <laughs> phrase, but you know, you, you take away one addiction. A lot of uh, people I know who get sober, right, like turn into like either porn addicts or sex addicts because yeah. it's like they start acting out in other ways. Well, true. Yeah. You know, I mean, mine shifted now to like exercise and that kind of stuff, but I I feel like if you if you put the engine of addiction towards basically positive ends I, like yeah. like those kind of things I don't think I, I think it needs a new word than addiction or something even like I don't know it doesn't really do yeah I don't think it's bad yeah yeah like I'm not running from something just because I'm like running a lot yeah you know it's a yeah it's it's cool I think for more people to be on the record about that because I also think one of the things that people say that, that they want to kind of keep it normalized or and you know there's a lot of money behind the porn industry is like yeah. a huge business and well it's also a way to keep people shame-based and controlled totally it's weaponized stuff like I, I don't know like how to say this smartly but like I've you know like I don't know who did what but like societies have like put it on their culture to control the culture because it keeps people in these addictive cycles and they become more shame-based because they're engaging in shame-based behavior. Right. They know Big Brother's watching. So are they going to boldly say things that are like critical thinking things or like yeah. boldly step out and take chances when they're like engaging in these like shame-based activities constantly? Right. Or are they going to be easy to control? Yeah, that's like why sheep? I think it's like I, I, there is like an almost political dimension to it where it's like... I know Absolutely. I know there are forces that want me hooked to this. Of course. And I'm going to not be hooked to it. Yes. You know? A hundred percent. I feel that way. You know, I know you talked with Ben about that, but I feel that way about psychedelics too. You know, if you have you gone down like a Terrence McKenna oh, thing? You are know, you like, kidding? Yeah. So <laughs> I have an apartment there in that neighborhood. I have a great, summer like, house That's there. a great, uh, <laughs> lose a couple hours on YouTube watching Terrence McKenna videos. Oh, yeah. It's the best, right? Yeah. But you know, his whole thing of like, the dominant power structures like do not want you doing psychedelic. Like, why are they criminalized? It's because right. you take them and you go, this is bullshit. Like everything I've been told yeah. and all the, the way our whole society is constructed, the inequality, the, the shame, the everything. Yeah. It just feels like this is nonsense. Bill Hicks, you know, he was on that uh -huh. trip too. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I love Bill Hicks. Yeah. So yeah. fascinating. I sometimes think, what would he be saying right now? Like he's a voice you kind of want to hear right now. Yeah. You know, he would have a lot to say. <laughs> He'd be he'd have a lot to say. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, like, yeah, our freedoms are being attacked a lot, I think right now. And, and a lot of it is like 
<clears throat> the sort of political correctness thing. I mean, like all the YouTube channels that have been taken down and de you know sort of uh, silenced for uh, you know quote unquote hate speech. I don't know, but last I read, it was like seventeen thousand YouTube channels have been like uh, silenced. I don't know. Are there seventeen thousand like Nazi YouTube channels? I mean, or because I, I re read one that was like, I know this is like you know thin ice shit to talk about. <laughs> I get it. Like yeah. everybody, but even that, even that energy you feel in the room when it gets thin icy. <laughs> like say it's Alec like Jones. it's like no, I'm not. But it's like it's like why should we in America feel that thin ice feeling? Like that's weird to me. Like what is this? Why, yeah. Like, <laughs> like ooh, well, it's like, also like, and it was a keto channel I heard that got taken down too, like uh -huh. dietary stuff and things oh, wow. like that can maybe help health. Like if you, you know, like getting out of carbs and like things that make you go seesaw dietary wise. The sugar industry just Like that stuff. It like it's yeah. like, it's just weird. Yeah. You know, and, and I think the more like, you know, I don't know. The more this stuff happens, the more it's being revealed. Yeah, but I I think that there's um, it's it's like the it, the right has its nonsense and the left has its nonsense too. You oh, know what I course. mean? Like they're absolutely yeah policing and and accusing 100%. and everyone's just demolishing each other. I don't you know identify with the right at all except for that I just like freedom of speech right a lot right you know and I think that's scary. Yeah, when? it is. It is scary. I mean, if if uh, you know, like I I was raised Jewish, and and anti anti Semitic speech makes me real real uncomfortable. <laughs> you know what I mean? I get and, it. And but at the same time, I'm not for anti Semitic. The, no, no, no. I, I, didn't, I didn't think you were. But all the all the ACL. All Josh, the, you're gonna have to leave. <laughs> oh wait, you're, you're Jewish. Jewish? <laughs> I didn't realize. Uh, My co-host is from Israel, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. All the, but you know, all the ACLU lawyers who defend the neo Nazis' right to march and stuff. Those are all Jewish people, right? You know what I mean. So it's a really fascinating thing of like what kind of culture we want to encourage and what is allowed yeah. to be said. But it does feel, you know, and I don't like this term, but like cancel culture, yeah. you know, it's, it's a little, um, but at the same time, there's people that I think should be canceled. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I just, don't think it's just who defines that. And, yeah. And, and the, the, that's the problem. And it's like, you take down one person. Okay. The first one yeah, won't, is Alex Jones, but then it's 17,000 YouTube channels later. Yeah. And I hate to say this too, because but then I, it's also Dave Hill. Who, yeah, who, Dave Hill, who's who, been on the who's podcast. a comedian whose Twitter account got canceled because he Made your replied mama your mama jokes to people who were like harassing him on Twitter. Wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. wow. It, <laughs> it, it's pretty sensitive. It's weird. Yeah. But but, uh, but that's why I, you know, I, I, I always try to go back to old-timey things, you know, like Marcus Aurelius or, oh, yeah? or you know, Stoic philosophers uh -huh. or... or um, you, you know, any of the Tolstoy or someone or people who are just dealing with stuff and they can they can offer a kind of corrective, you know, medicine uh -huh. for our time because it feels like it's always been crazy. Like, yeah. I know it, it feels like we're, 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 we're at a cataclysmic, you know, apocalyptic moment. Right? I don't like, believe it. I, I don't know if we, I don't believe it I either. I don't think so. I'm with you. I, I don't think, believe like, it. I'm into the Stoics. And I think it's always that's what I was saying about Cain and Abel. Yeah. It's always been. And I don't mean to, I don't mean to say this to negate people's pain in this moment. But if you look at someone like our president, I don't I'm no fan. But if you read the Bible, it's like. The good kings, there's like two of them, 
Right. Yeah, every other king was horrible. <laughs> yeah. And everyone was under the thumb of terrible kings yeah, throughout was history. Yeah, Marcus Aurelius. Was yeah, the he was like the one the only, bright spot. The only good one. And then guy there was like King was David. Like, had all that power. like King David was maybe good, but King David yeah. wanted to screw this woman and sent her husband into battle to die yeah. so he could sleep with this woman. Right. Like, like you know, life is very complicated. It's always been so. Mm-hmm. And the 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 trick it seems to me is like to find some equanimity and connection and inspiration in the mm-hmm. middle of it. Yeah. You know? I think the whole, like, two-party system thing is also, like, in some ways a distraction and, like, um, what's it called? Like, misdirection. Well, Be- it's also... Because, like, have you heard yeah. that phrase? Like, no matter who you vote, the government always gets in. Yeah. And it's like seems like the same agenda keeps getting pushed forward. Yeah, no matter like- No matter who it is, and it's like... And I think that society and the media wants people to just be like going like this at each other. Oh, like, for sure. And and it's like I wish people would turn inward more and like and just cultivate their inner light more. Yes, I agree with you, and I and I make serious attempts to do that. And yet, you know, if so, if a columnist I really like writes yeah. like a Trump hating column, right? I read that with much more enthusiasm than I read like, oh, this town in. Virginia banded together and helped out a sick person. You know what I mean? Like I'm more interested in that hijacks my attention more right. than than evidence of humanity's goodness. Why do even you though think I have is? to Well, they've done these studies and and negative things yeah. cling to our, our our brain like four time with four times greater strength than a positive thought. Yeah. So the positive thought you actually have to work four times longer to mm-hmm. get it to cling. Yeah, and there's something about there's no kick to positivity. I don't know. It that also feels you know, just to use a broadly defined. It's like boring you, to hear somebody talk about positive stuff. In a way, right, you, know? you know, Pacino <laughs> said something on set where he was like, Pacino was like, "If you're happy, don't tell people." <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like there's something distasteful about it. Well, it and, goes back to Cain and Abel because like what happens and it says right there is like you know if, like. You know, Abel's all this cool dude, and look what happens. Yeah. He's, he's all happy and bragging about it. Or like right. the story of Joseph and his multicolored coat. Right. Same thing. But I, but I also like re- I resist like, this idea that the, the, the dark and the, you know, dysfunctional is somehow more real or sophisticated than, the, than something inspiring or heart-opening. I, I, I resist that, you know? Yeah. I don't he, think it's more real, but... It's just more entertaining, I guess. Yeah, it's more captivating, and it also confirms some sense of, you know, dread, right? Like, we all live with this sense of dread, and they're yeah. like, ah, see? Yeah. You know, but I think, you know, to, to, to broadly define addiction, it's not just substances and porn and all that no other way. stuff. It's also, like, our negative thinking, our stress. political stress, stress worry, our political uh, intractability of our, of our politics is kind of an addiction. The media's um, fanning the flames of conflict is an addiction. Well, because it also it spikes stress, yeah. Which is like, uh, you which know, then is a huge uh, fuels. Like, think about it, like you know, coffee sales go up, booze sales go up, cigarettes go up. Like, uh, you know, stress eating goes up. Like a part, a lot of our economy hums on this uh, discontent and fear. You know, That's it's true. super unfortunate. Yeah, I don't know. But I don't know a workaround. I don't know if we're gonna solve it. In the next in a podcast, yeah, I don't know. I mean, we're we're doing something. It feels we're trying. To. We're trying. We're, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So this has been Just like a couple three... of guys from Ohio and a guy from Israel trying over here. Yeah, 
Calm down, everybody. Damn, did I say anything that bad? Shit. <laughs> Couple guys from Ohio. We're the ones who's going to figure this out. We're going to figure it. Well, hey, man, it's Dr. Bob and Bill Wilson. They were That's from, right. They were they're from, from Ohio. A- they're from well, Akron, right? Actually, they just started the whole thing in Akron. Okay, yeah. Which was Bill crazy. an Ohio native? No, I think he was a New Yorker who just came through Ohio, like just on a drinking sa- on and, a and on a blackout. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like a sales thing or something. And there's that house in Akron, right, that everyone makes pilgrimages to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I've yeah. been there. I've I've done it. I do think that 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 feels divine to me. Those two guys, a hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, think about like uh, how many lives that's helped out. I mean, really, if you, it, it's incalculable how many families didn't get destroyed, how many beatings didn't happen, how many drunk driving accidents didn't happen, mm-hmm. how many homicides and suicides didn't happen mm-hmm. because of that, because of those two guys finding each other. That's true. It's unbelievable. It is wild. Yeah. And I guess Bill Wilson was into the old LSD. He sure was. I don't think like the big book thumpers want you to talk about they, that. They don't. Part. He they actually don't. wanted to introduce he, it as like a 13th step was to have a psychedelic experience, something like that. That, that would be the 13th step. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wasn't well, the 13th step sleeping with uh, sleeping newcomers? With newcomers, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It turned into sleeping with newcomers. Yeah. Bill Wilson wanted to be everyone take acid. Well, he also apparently slept with a lot of newcomers. Did I he think. really? Well, he's, he was. What a scoundrel. Yeah, I don't know. This is, let's not, let's not defend the man, man. he did yeah. he did amazing things but we're kidding we don't know we're just we don't know this is sure speculation a couple of guys from ohio shooting the shit y'all but, but he definitely um he did have those experience i think that was you know in the tw- the 12 and 12 they talk about his white light experience was uh-huh. i think uh like either lsd or something was it he he really believed in it and he did it about 20 years after he was sober yeah um but i you know i'm a uh, i um you said you'd done iboga Oh yeah! Oh, did yeah. I say that on the Ben Lee yeah, one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've done it twice. I began. Yeah. Is it something it's, you'd recommend? Oh man, it is. It's just it, well, it's three days. Yeah. Okay? Did you go to like a place? No. Th- this was a time when it was like kind of like around New York City because there was like lots of junkies like getting sober. Did you do it with my friend Dimitri? Using. <laughs> I know. I know Dimitri. You know Dimitri? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to tell him, i say, Dimitri, at about a 45-minute mark on this oh, podcast, oh you're going to get a, a shout-out. Shout-out, Dimitri. <laughs> <laughs> That's hysterical, dude. Oh, yeah. What a I small love Dimitri. world. Yeah. That's funny. Wait, yeah. So I didn't continue. do it with Dimitri, but I did it with like uh, somebody, I think, that was studying under Dimitri okay. or something like that. Yeah, it was yeah. that scene. That lineage. It was that scene. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, so I ended up doing it. And it was just, yeah, it was just to deal with like lifelong addictive issues i was so sick of my addictive vibe yeah i guess yeah and i just wanted to like you know i I wanted to just like explode it yeah and it did you know like that that will do it i mean i began it's like a three-day yeah wild did did your ancestors come to you i hear there's some of that yeah all kinds of wild things like it's like this thing where it's like it's like these visions where, you, for one, you're like up for th- three days, basically, with, you know, wide awake. And I had a pillow over my head because the room was so bright, even though my eyes were closed. And like, it was like that. And then all these like visions coming at you like really, really fast. And then it's like, um, you know, d- you deal with your sex stuff. And you're like, oh, no, but <laughs> yeah. you don't. It's not a bad trip because it'll go like when you resist one, it'll go, OK. And then like. 
how come you always have to make an impression on people? And, <laughs> like, and then you're like, okay, I'll go into that one. Right. And then you go into that one and it takes you down this whole like train and like all these visions and it sort of explains something. And then like a shaman sits there and goes like and holds your skull and then it falls and shatters open and then he turns into birds and flies away. <laughs> sure. Like I that get type it. of I get shit. It. Like, yeah. And then, and then, and then and like. And then you did it a second time? And then, <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. And then, and then, it, and then then you do go into like okay sex stuff like you start because you're there for three days so you're yeah. not going to resist like eventually you're, you're gonna you're just gonna go over. into everything and then so it's like it becomes like this crazy level of therapy yeah uh, like condensed it's really amazing yeah um the second time i did it was sort of on accident because there was this <laughs> there was this thing i, tripped like, and I fell. did it by myself and it was like this was supposed to be like a I forget what they called it, but like not a full dose, like a re-up or something. Uh -huh. But it, I went back into the space. It wasn't as long. Yeah. I will say it was only like a day and a half, but I was on my own, wow. you know. It was still long, you yeah. know, but like compared to normal psychedelics. But, um, and the thing is with those kind of things is I think they can like really like like I think addiction works is like a cycle or this kind of thing and it can break the cycle and it yeah. can enable you to like get out and like start rethinking your life and making positive changes but if you don't really dig deep also just in brass tacks like i think daily discipline and yeah. stuff like that i think you're going to fall back into addictive things I don't, yeah. like i don't i don't think there's a cure all right you right. know yeah, like yeah, yeah. a one and done thing yeah i always thought like i did a lot of ayahuasca over the years uh -huh. i've never done that oh you haven't i've done dmt oh yeah i've never done that yeah just that's smoking like, it yeah smoking yeah. it and i smoked the toad thing oh you did uh -huh. Five with a shaman in mexico yeah i have a, I have a couple friends who that are one is crazy yeah yeah <laughs> I, you know i still am so reverent about them i still get so scared every time i do oh yeah any of it yeah you know i don't i'm not like a let's just pop things and How, see what, what was happens. your ayahuasca experience like well i've done it a lot of times i mean i've done well over 100 ceremonies wow really? but i did i went in brazil in 2007 mm -hmm. uh right after the second season of how i met your mother and i did six ceremonies over three weeks on this beach in brazil amazing and then i went to colombia for uh a week or 10 days and did three more ceremonies so i did nine ceremonies on that break before you know i went back unreal um, why were you going at it so intensely i think that i going back to what we were talking about like i think i got this thing i always thought i wanted and i was more unhappy than i'd ever been and i was like what's going on like why fuck? am i so unhappy why can't i find some peace in the middle of this right and uh so i I just went into it, um, and then in Colombia, I had an evening that was all about my drinking. Like, the whole evening was about my drinking. Like, spirit people came and talked to me I just saw, it? all my visions were around alcohol, uh -huh. and I saw how much it had me hooked. Right. And I didn't drink for four years after that ceremony. Wow. And then I tried, I've kept experimenting with drinking, and it, I, it's not, me and drinking are not compatible, I've realized, but... I still have this idea that I'm going to be able to like drink like a gentleman and it just doesn't, it doesn't work for me. So ayahuasca was the first thing that showed me that that was an area of my life that needed some attention. Interesting. And I have it in my family, you know, I have, yeah. yeah. Same. Um, so, uh, you know, and then it just became like my church, like it just became a practice. Like I would do it a mm -hmm. couple times a year. 
I hadn't done it for about three years because I left. Takes a lot of courage. Oh man, <laughs> it really does. Every time they hand you that cup, yeah, like, it's just you really feel like you're jumping off a cliff. Yeah, you know. But I learned a ton from it. And I, if nothing else, I think I learned how to, um, y- you know, find my way back in my head uh-huh. to like center. Yeah. You know, like you, you know, you have to follow the breadcrumbs back to yourself because uh-huh. you can be really out there. And and I think the medicine is whatever technology is in there kind of brings you back. Yeah. But um. I like that you call it technology. It is though. It's a weird it's spiritual technology. It's definitely, yeah. like when you when you take stuff like that, like it's like oh, there's massive intelligence. In, oh my in god! This stuff. It's yeah, like, it's beyond. It shatters your materialism. You you know your materialistic idea of like right. This is all there is. Right. Oh, Only yeah. thing you can see, touch, touch, measure. Yeah. Right. These are our avatars. <laughs> yeah. 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 Exactly. That's yeah. what it feels like. I mean, clearly. He had done ayahuasca, like oh. James Cameron. Like oh, right. that was like a big ayahuasca trip. Was it? I, I mean, haven't. Really. I gotta see it again. I haven't. I only saw it when once. You think about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. And and even the landscape of it was so kind of technical. I mean, the mm. the way it is. But I, you know, it's interesting. I I didn't do it for about three years. I left this teacher that I was really involved in this community, and I just mm. now I just got back into it in the last year or so. And I don't do it with the ferocity and gusto that I used to. Well, it sounds like you were real intense about it. I was really intense about yeah. it, and I th- and I thought, you know, I, I you and Ben talked a little about this, but and I I got Ben into it. Like oh, I brought you did. Him. Yeah, I, I you're the him. one that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. Blame for that yeah. album. Yeah, yeah. I like that's, that album. That's a meme. I'm joking. No, like, I like that album. I, 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 yeah. I like that he did I that. No yeah, yeah, that album's rad, actually. Yeah, it's but cool. uh, welcome to the work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Wait, um, so that's so you're the guru of that. Well, I, no, I just brought him. Yeah, and then we 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 got into it. You know, and I don't think we'd be making music together now if we weren't like so deep in that world together. Interesting, yeah. And um, now but, it makes sense because it goes like something about like you guys started working together. Ben said something because of your like shared um, searching, yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, but I yeah. should have read between the lines. We did a lot of ayahuasca <laughs> together. Yeah, I should have known. How but did I, I think miss that? I think we I think we both have a very uh, <laughs> you know kind of measured idea about what that is and what that was like i still really value my time in that space and i'm super grateful for it mm-hmm. and at the same time i used to think i used to be such a proselytizer about it i was like everyone should do this yeah this is what the world needs and i now see that that's like a rookie mistake like you drink it it's incredible and you you're like we need to get all the politicians to drink this like you think that it's going to save the world right and the more you do it the less you're sure of anything right because it kind of one time you're sure that it's this, and then the next time you're just like, no, it's not that. It's so it's so oh, yeah. vast the landscape. So I don't think I think it's really um, great for uh, like I've been in like resentments or arguments with people, and I'll do a ceremony, and suddenly I'll see their side of the story, mm-hmm. and I'll be able to offer a real apology. Wow, you, you know, like it 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 can grant you access to a perspective that's not your own mm-hmm. and i think that's really valuable that's healthy yeah. yeah and i think it can highlight areas of your life where maybe you, you have addictions or blind spots mm-hmm. you know but that's it's nothing that a good dose of meditation and exercise and therapy and yoga can't <clears throat> also do so i don't know i ultimately had to admit to myself like i like altered states of consciousness mm-hmm. you know like very simply like i like <laughs> i like being altered yeah i think you know? everybody does though i don't know I mean, some people really don't some people, some people like really it more scared. than others yeah i have that thing there's something in my chart actually it's like 
Saturn or Venus rising uh-huh. or something where, yeah. where they say it's like the shaman's sign, but they also say you have to be careful because it's the addict sign also. Uh, so you I think you, I have that same you, thing. You, you want to stay in those <laughs> altered states, you know? Yeah. Well, that's why I like to do it in a more like, I like the whole sort of running yoga thing because, and I also like microdosing, I think is cool too. Like yeah. it's mushrooms, you know, like here, they're just a little bit just to like, it just like elevates, but it doesn't like blow your mind. And it I always want to go macro. It though. doesn't, I, always... I, I don't like, I'm less like that now. Yeah. Yeah, because I did so many heroic doses already right, like, of things. Right. Like, you know, and I'm just kind of like, I don't want to like, I don't want to jar myself too I much. I get it. I get it. I want to keep, I, I like the sort Were of, mushrooms your thing? Like, was that what you would do a lot oh, of? Oh, man, I did a lot of that. Yeah, yeah, as well. Yeah. Am I allowed to say stuff? Are you at? Well, no, what, like, wasn't there, like, wasn't what, there a time when you were on mushrooms for like six months straight? Oh, like a year, I a think. A year. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And he went on, on Jimmy that, Kimmel. <laughs> On mushrooms and played with the Twilight Singers. Wow, I remember that story. Oh, okay. When they played forty dollars. Right. That was during your period. Of well, I was always on it then. Right. Yeah. I mean, I did. A, yeah, like I did a period of a year where it wasn't even microdosing. It was like <laughs> right. every day a dose. Wow. Like, yeah, it was wild. I don't like. Again, it's like. It sounds like though you've approached psychedelics with a similar intensity, and I, and I think it. Well, was... no, because I I I've never done an extended period like that. Yeah. I approach them with reverence, and I do them fairly infrequently, all things considered. Right. But I but I always go into them with like deep intention. Mm-hmm. I tr- I, car- I try to carve out a kind of sacredness around it. Yeah. And I and I say, okay, I'm taking this time, and I'm plunging in. Yeah. And but I'm also open to like you know going to a cabin, doing them with friends, and having yeah. that be the thing. Yeah, I would do them alone a lot. Like it was, it was, it wasn't a party situation. But I just got. But it was then the attic did take over. That yeah. Sort of, this was also like over ten years ago, yeah, right? Yeah, like, Would you long, write music in that was, space? Oh yeah, yeah. Like, two thousand six, maybe. Yeah, it was like a long time ago. Yeah. that I did that, but um, and yeah, so I think it's because of that kind of thing that I like am much more conservative with it now. I think the, I think we're right to be. I mean, even if you're doing them, you know. Uh, with without uh, addictive tendencies like mm-hmm. i think being more measured and careful about when you do them with and who you do them with yeah is wise it's yeah. a, they're powerful you know They've, they are you powerful. also don't want to find yourself in the wrong like i was with the, the the after columbia i went to peru to this you know one of those kind of touristy sites yeah and i was in the jungle with this madman and in the middle of these ceremonies, I was like, I don't feel safe with these people. Really? And you don't want to feel that in the jungle. No. <laughs> like, that is not what you want in to be Peru. feeling what, in Peru. What brought you with the madman? Just like looking online and being like, oh, this has a couple stars by it from, you know. It's like an ayahuasca thing? Yeah, yeah. Oh. And I think this guy's been revealed to be like a pretty crazy dude. Right. I, you know, I, I, it was fine. You know, I lived and, lived and I and I lived to drink another day. But right. But it was scary. You know. Yeah. But but at the same time, there's a there's a there was a little kick of like, oh, I'm like this suburban Jewish guy from Columbus, Ohio, and I'm in Peru with this madman. I feel like Colonel Kurtz. <laughs> you know, in Apocalypse Now, I'm like, whoa, this is like intense. I'm having my like insane you know i i felt like my life was kind of sheltered and safe and when i discovered ayahuasca i'd traveled all over the world and i was having these like out there experiences Mm -hmm. and i felt like i was gathering adventure and risk right you know like i was really and i think there's also something interesting about doing psychedelics when your brain is formed 
you know, like when, yeah. you know, 14-year-old, I don't know if they should be messing with I this did stuff. my first heavy psychedelic trip when I was 15. Yeah. And it was probably kind of young. Yeah. But, I yeah. mean, your brain is really literally not formed. Probably. Yeah. 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 Uh, out of all those... Um, ceremonies was there ever like other than the madman was there ever a bad one where where you know things didn't go well or I don't know how to I don't know by the end by the end when when the closing the ceremonies closed I never felt any of them were bad because I always found my way back Mm -hmm. but there were some totally harrowing moments like there was one where I we were at my friend Katie's house and I couldn't stop screaming but I was screaming like, oh, my God, because it was so overwhelming. They had to move me into another room. And I remember it was like almost like a horror movie. Like I was in like a maze and I kept running into dead ends. Like I couldn't find my way out mm-hmm. of it, it felt like my mind or my ego. Like I could like it was it was I was trapped. Right. Mm-hmm. And it was it was so scary. And at some point, and this is where the, the, the kind of grace or the, the God or the miracle comes in, you realize the only thing that's going to save you is like God, w- whatever you decide that is. Right. Like, like that was the only thing I could rely on at that point was like, right. I need supernatural help. Yeah. Like I need a miracle right now to get out of this. And did you reach for that? I did. And how, what did that look like? Well, it was weird because I was actually fine halfway through the ceremony like the first half of the ceremony was outrageous like i barely screaming remember screaming in yeah, the yeah, maze yeah, yeah. that's and funny because i wrote a book called the echo maze oh yeah yeah that's what i was in yeah. that's what it felt like yeah. and then halfway through i talked to you know the the teacher and he said what was going on for you and i told him everything and i was like and i think i'd like a little more medicine and he laughed at me he was like no 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 no, no. <laughs> now is the time for you to rest is what he said wow that's you know funny. he wouldn't give me any more that was the only time he ever like denied and why me. did you want more cuz i was point? totally fine and there were like four more hours left to go in the ceremony uh, and i just didn't want to sit there i was like i'd rather kind of go back in and surf some more waves yeah. so but you, know? you reached for god or i think yeah, yeah that was my memory of and you prayed or something totally or? totally yeah, yeah absolutely praying <clears throat> just for some relief or some port port in the storm, you know? Yeah. I remember I did a ceremony, uh, you know, um, when was this? Like this, it was like eight months ago or something. And, uh, I also, I also got really lost. I felt like I was kind of on the high seas. Like I was just out there. And I remember not having any sense of a, like a lighthouse or a port or something. Mm -hmm. And I was like, just think of one thing you love, like one thing Mm -hmm. that'll like help you get back to yourself. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I just thought about my older sister who I have a really sweet relationship with. And mm-hmm. I know, like, I know she loves me. Like there's no question in my mind that she loves mm-hmm. me and I love her. And I, when I thought about her, everything started to calm down. I like found my way back. That's great. I'm having this very weird experience. I just have to, maybe it's like the buzzing on the floor. Oh, it's drums. Oh, okay. Yeah, so someone's yeah. playing drums, but we're talking about all these altered states. And I came like to in the middle, like th- a minute ago. And I was like, I was somewhere else for the five minutes, but I know we were talking. Yeah. But I feel like, you know, when you talk about it, you get on that little uh-huh. wavelength. Yeah. I feel like a little we're, bit altered. I feel altered Do too. Do you? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. What's up, dude? Is there something? I don't. That's what's supposed to happen yeah. in this podcast. <laughs> we haven't given you anything. Uh, is there anything you, in that water? You brought your I brought own my water. Own. <laughs> oh, I like, did put some drops of LSD in here. I totally oh forgot. No. Um, yeah, but anyway, uh, oh yeah, I've had all sorts of experiences. Imagine if we did drug our guests. Look, there's a lot oh, of podcasts yeah. out there, and that would be a way to distinguish That's yourself. A hook. 
that <laughs> would a, be a way. That's a hook. Yeah. yeah but the, the guest doesn't know they're being chemically <laughs> altered. Yeah. Everyone else is in on it. <laughs> Word would probably get around. Right. Yeah. How would you keep that a secret? Yeah. I mean, you'd have, like, <laughs> no, you'd have to film all the episodes yes, in advance. Like a full season. Like a yeah. full season yeah. and then let the cat out of the bag. That's what, like. That's it's like Sasha Baron Cohen's yeah. next it's, move. It's good for one season. But then, but there'd, then be some, there'd be some people you'd that you'd be like, yeah. they didn't seem different at all. <laughs> you'd be right. like, what's going on with them? The sha- the shaman, or the, uh, yeah, like the, yeah, when they talk about those gurus that take acid. Oh, yeah, Ram like, guru. Nothing happened. The, yeah. Oh, yeah, the yeah. Ram Dass story. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, nothing happened. I wonder if, how true that is. He said he was with him for like 12 hours, and he just taught, and he was like, yeah. twice he did it. That's interesting. So, yeah. but so has that has that something you've always done? Because I I've always prayed to some kind of God my whole life as a form of like coping. Yeah, is that something that you also? Yeah, are drawn I've never to? been. I've never been like. There's no nothing. Right. Like I've never ever. I, I like for some reason I've never felt alone. Mm-hmm. In, in some fundamental way. Like, even when I'm alone, right. I feel some presence with me. Yeah. I don't know what that is. I just yeah. feel something around me or in me. Yeah. Um, so I've never... You know, and when I talk to people who are, who, are, who are atheists, if I really start asking them about their atheism, yeah, I'm always like, you're not an atheist. I know. They hate the Bible. <laughs> yeah. Which is like, the, fair enough. Yeah, like, okay, that that's not God. You that, hate the Bible and you hate the Sunday school God, yeah, uh, you yeah, know, the God in the exactly. old man in the sky. Exactly. Like, I hate that too. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I mean, the big, ba- like to believe in the big bang is a crazy level of faith too. Like, where, where does that come that's from? That's a McKenna thing. Well, oh, is that what he says? Oh, yeah, yeah. I know that's not an original thought. No, no, no. But, but he, it's, it's so it great what he says. He's what like, does he say? He says, um, the hard <laughs> swallow built into science is this notion of the big bang right he said this is the idea that everything sprung in an instant from nothing and he said right. it's no different than a, a being saying let there be light and he said what science is essentially asking Same is for thing. one free miracle right and he's like well I, he goes if i say if science gets one free miracle we all get one free miracle yeah you know yeah just all you gotta do is go okay who okay even believe in the big bang who, right who made what made the big bang something can't come in reason, something can't in come physics, from nothing. In physics, nothing can come from anything. Something can't, can't come, come from, from anything. Can't come from nothing. So right. what are you so talking about? Like, yeah. yeah, so it's like, there you go. Yeah. I look at science like science and and God aren't mutually exclusive. Right. Is that the way to say that? Like It's like science to me is the blueprint and God is the house. Right. You know? Right, right, right. Yeah, and, and and I feel like science and spirituality are just on this collision course with each other. And mm-hmm. a lot of things that we call spiritual or miracle are will be proven somehow. Right. You know, I read this uh, awesome thing that this, this mathematician said that a miracle is a one in a million event, right? Mm-hmm. That's what we call a miracle. And he said, you have about a million moments in a month. So on average, you can expect in your life one miracle a month, mm-hmm. which I thought was amazing. Like, Say that just again. Like, I go, okay. I think I <laughs> you're went still, on You're drugs. still tripping. <laughs> I think I, so I, this think ma- I flashed back the, to 10 years ago. This mathematician said that a miracle is a one in a million event. <laughs> one in a million event. Right. And then so you have you, a million You have a million moments in your, in in month. your month. Uh-huh. So you can expect one, one miracle, miracle a month. every month. That's cool. Essentially. So you get 12 yeah. a year. 12 Miracles a Year. Yeah, which is not bad. I'll take that. I like that. That's a good song title. 12 Miracles a Year? Yeah. Let's write it. 
Yeah. <laughs> or that could even be like an album. 12 Miracles a Year. It could be a Broadway musical. <laughs> you get 12 miracles in a year, in a year. 12. <laughs> it's January miracle. <laughs> anyway, whatever. That's <laughs> your Broadway uh, improv uh, go-to. Yeah. Yeah. But you were on Broadway, right? I was. I've been on a couple times. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. That's a, unbelievable. In musicals or plays? Graduate. I did The Graduate, the graduate. And, then I, and then I did this play Disgraced on Broadway a couple years ago. I was supposed to do this musical, She Loves Me, but I dropped out um, before, long before we started. And um, so, yeah, I mean, that, that was when I was, when I discovered theater, like at 15 or 16 in high school, that was like it. Like, I just doing, wanted to be on yeah. Broadway. Yeah, that seems like amazing. Yeah, yeah. It definitely, it, it's still a kick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, yeah. Kathleen Turner was yeah, yeah, yeah. in the, wow. Yeah. How old were you when? when I was 27 when I did that. Wow. Yeah. That's rad. How was yeah. it working with her? It was complicated, but but good, you <laughs> she's know. A, she's a complicated yeah. person, but she's a great actress, and she and Alicia Silverstone had to approve me, so I'll always be grateful for her. And she came and saw Disgrace. Like she, I bump into her every once in a while. She's always really nice. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, there's a, still a real kick to being on Broadway. It's 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 as romantic as I hoped it would be. Right. You know what I mean? And then. Yeah. And then you go to these restaurants near the theater and all the maitre d's know you because you go in, you know, every night. And they, yeah, you're on Broadway and they're like, they have a table for you. And yeah. it's like, it's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. You know, and all your friends, you know, come and see you. And, yeah. and, uh, and, and you get to know the other people on Broadway at that time. Right. Because you know, it's like, it's a community. Yeah. It's like this whole bustling community of, of artistic people in a couple blocks in Midtown Manhattan that's going on every night. Mm-hmm. You know, it's super cool. What was that movie that just came out not that long ago um, with Michael Keaton in it? Oh, Birdman? Birdman. Birdman. Yeah. Is that like, that's like the closest I've come to Broadway is watching that movie. I mean, kind of. It's like, <laughs> it felt real. What felt real was like the backstage yeah, and the I'm dressing asking. rooms. Is and that the, like the vibe Yeah, of yeah, it? yeah. Did that's what it, it feels like. I don't know. Yeah. I'm trying to remember. I, I only saw that movie once and I really liked it, but I can't remember... If the it, it something about it felt not like Broadway, but mostly it felt kind of true, like in terms of the just the they got the smell of it right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the energy, and similar to our podcast with a drum soundtrack, it had that drum soundtrack. In it. Oh yeah, yeah. That movie was impressive. I thought it really was. Although I, I when I finished watching it, I was like, I really love that. I bet I'll never see that movie again. Mm-hmm. Do you know it, what I mean? Because like, it's kind of it was hard work. It was work. It, it was, was like, work. You were in it. And I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. It was like it was almost. Yeah. It was. And who? Uh, Ed Norton was in that. Yeah, he was I, great. I'm a big Michael Keaton fan. Me though. too. I've always loved. I him. just love that guy. He's so great. He's got that kind of like I think Robert Downey Jr. has this where. It's kind of just this weird electric magnetism, like on screen. Yeah. They just, they just look like they know, like a little bit secret. Like they just did something a little mischievous, mm-hmm. and only they know. Yeah. You know, and it makes them very watchable. Yeah, but he's one of the greats, I think, Michael Keaton. Definitely. Yeah. Fair is Beetlejuice. Like, yeah. That's, that's like on Broadway me. right now. Oh, right. Is yeah. Michael Keaton the best Batman? I don't know about that. Maybe. <laughs> or is Val Kilmer the best Batman? I think it's Clooney. <laughs> <laughs> Even he would say. Well, you haven't seen Robert Pattinson yet. Oh, that's He's right. He's coming up. Is he the new one? Yeah, apparently. I don't know. Oh, he was really good in uh, this movie. That about, Safdie like, Brothers movie? Is that? Yeah, that was yeah, great. Yeah, I need to see that. He was actually really good in that. So maybe he can pull off Batman. Do you watch a lot of movies? I sort of... St- 
do. I don't know how to. I mean, I did watch Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. I used to more, you know, yeah. but like lately I don't as much because I'm always like, I don't know, I just go down educational rabbit holes on YouTube a lot. Right. What about you? Uh, you know, it's weird. I, my producer, Jesse, and I, he went to high school with me. He's produced both my movies, and we always talk about, like, if we don't see movies and we make them, yeah, yeah. who's seeing them? You know, right? There's and so many entertainment options. But that's the same with yeah. musicians who don't who don't listen to music really and keep making it. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Do you listen to a lot of music? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I listen to like I, you know, like I end up listening to a lot of hip hop music and like I'll also listen to mantras. Uh-huh. I'm big into mantras. Yeah. I mean, like, so I listen to most of my stuff when I'm running. Yeah. And a lot of time I'll put on a mantra because then I can, it'll take me out of, it'll take me into meditation. Totally. And so then I can get inspired. Yeah. You know, whereas if I'm listening to sort of like, I don't know, the new Brock Hampton album, which I like, you yeah. know, or something like that, like, uh, um, it's cool. And it gives me energy, right. but I'm but I'm not meditating. I'm not like receiving inspiration. Right. Then. And you're also you're you're stepping into the artist world, mm -hmm. whereas I think a mantra will allow you to be like go deeper into yourself. Yeah, in a way. Yeah, mm -hmm. I I do I I try to watch television, and I I watch like two episodes of everything, and I'm yeah. like, I don't have twelve hours to give to this thing. I know it takes too much. Time but I do focus. like Atlanta. Have you ever seen Atlanta? Oh yeah, that's great. Fantastic. I haven't seen it all though. Okay. Like, I mean, yeah. You know, like I've watched a, watched a bunch of episodes yeah. and then drift into something else. There's just so many options. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm working with this young artist named Grandma, who's like an amazingly talented, and he's like putting up new Instagrams that are just like now like young people with Instagram. It's like they're genius like he has a green screen and it's like i'm like i just call him i'm like dude this is like genius <laughs> yeah. and it's an instagram yeah. post yeah and i'm just like and he was telling talking to me about like yeah man well now with like you know young people that are really like serious about becoming artists like that want to live like we live like getting to create they they know how competitive it is yeah and they're like yeah with netflix now there's like endless amounts of shows all everything's the highest quality that's ever been right and along with music and everybody's competing against everything it's not even just music competing against music it's like just to get attention right and so people have to like i don't know i don't but know that, that feels like that. good in a, in a way that's not like bad. that's like creative free market yeah like I, think, it's, I don't it's, think it's bad you know what i mean like yeah. there's people pushing each other yeah it also like, oversaturates the it definitely does. It definitely does. But there's also people have told me that, you know, the the accessibility of kids being able to learn guitar mm -hmm. from YouTube and yeah. being able to learn, have these programs that you you know we didn't have this growing up. Like no. even the ability to look up chords at the you know thinking like oh I like that song. What are the chords? Right. Like these kids, when you see what these kids are doing on oh, yeah. guitar at 14. It's unbelievable, yeah, right? Yeah, or even producing music like this yeah. artist grandma. Like I, wa I work with him, and he produces on his laptop, and it's just like watching somebody who's playing a video game that's amazing at a video. Like he just makes these amazing tracks, just like one after the other. And uh, yeah, it's interesting. I, I think I think it's cool. It's advancing everything. Yeah. But I found for me in making music, like I still 
when when I when I love a song yeah. and I look up the chords, yeah. it's almost always C F and G just yeah. over and over and over again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I and I there's something so heartening to me about that as someone who's like kind of pretty late to the songwriting game mm-hmm. where I'm like, oh, I actually like simple things. Yeah, me too. Y- you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I really like the simplicity of like classic songwriting. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's like Lou Reed said, any more than three chords is jazz. Is jazz? Is jazz. Oh, wow, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you read that Lou Reed biography that just came out like uh, last year or something? It's um, really good. I have it upstairs, yeah. yeah. I haven't read the whole thing. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm super inspired by Lou Reed just because I'm like, that was a Jewish suburban guy. Like, how did he become Lou Reed? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I was oh. friends with him. Oh, were you? Yeah. Oh, wow. Didn't he live in this neighborhood? Or he lived well, around? he lived in the, yeah, like in the West Village. Okay. Yeah. Is she still there, Lori Anderson? I think so. Yeah. I don't know, but. They I were would, like pretty out and about, so. weren't they? Like, uh-huh. they, they were. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Lou was out all the time. Did you know that, like, Vaclav Havel and the whole, like, Czech revolution was like, they were obsessed with the Velvet Underground? Who was that? Vaclav Havel was, um, he was a playwright and he became the first, I think he became the first like prime minister or president of the freed Czech Republic. Uh But he was like, he was like the Nelson Mandela of the Czech Republic and he he helped free them from, you know, communism. Yeah. And they were, he and all his compatriots were like obsessed with the Velvet Underground. Right. And they would go out into the forest, like miles into the forest where no one could hear them. And they would play covers of, Velvet Underground and and it was so weird it was like for some reason this guy writing about you know meeting his heroin dealer in the village or you know uptown (laughs) became like the soundtrack to overthrowing this government that's interesting yeah they played um, why do you think that is I think it was just like the 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 pulse of that music and the I mean I listen to you know Velvet Underground and I'm like I want to overthrow a government you know what I mean like Like, when somebody's like tapped into like their expression so like astutely yeah that's such an inspiring force yeah that it's like goes beyond whatever even the subject matter is it almost doesn't matter yeah they were invited in the 90s they had their like a reunion in the czech republic and it was just like madness like everyone they didn't know almost like um you know, searching for Sugar Man. What's that guy? Uh, Rodriguez. You mm-hmm. Rodriguez, know, yeah. like he didn't know. Like South Africa was like, Huge. you know, obsessed with him. Yeah, and that's a, that's also heartening to me, because you kind of never know who's getting who you're getting through to. Yeah, like if you're not, you know, Taylor Swift or something, like you don't have a metric. Right. But you literally just have people coming up to you and being like, "I was going through a divorce, or my father died, and like your your album was what got me through it." Mm-hmm. You know. I, I, I find that just as meaningful, really. Yeah, I was listening to you talk about that in another interview. You were saying, like, you never know. You never know. Or you, that we're more, like, influential to each other than we give ourselves credit for. I really liked when you were saying that. Like, right. I think I was talking about well, like, that's true. Like, behavioral contagion. Like, we're all. Behavioral contagion. Yeah, yeah, I never yeah. heard that expression. Yeah. Before. Like, we're all, um, we're all, like, pretty loud energetically. Yeah, you know, like we're, absolutely, we're, we're giving off a, a vibe or a something, and so that to me is like, can I can I be a little more conscious about what I'm giving off, right? B- both in what I put out into the world and just who I'm being. Yeah, you know, that's that f- feels to me like how to be a solid citizen. Yeah, is like be a little more conscious of that. Mm-hmm. And when you're, when, you know, when you're either young or when you're in active addiction, your your hungers are are 
overtake everything. Right. So you can't be conscious of like, how am I participating in society right now? Cause it's like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> like you're just looking for the next thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think I was also so ignorant to how I was contributing to the overall vibe of everything and how powerful when you do focus your energy and clear out the sort of muck. Yeah. It's, it is po empowering to others. Yeah. Even like if you don't promote it, I think like just, yeah. Cause we're all in like, there's the back end of everything that's happening. Like if, if these are our avatars or whatever, right? Like we're, we're connected on the internet, but we're also actually just spiritually connected. Totally. Yeah. I used to think like, I used to be really, I didn't trust that I would come through. Right. Just kind of silently. Mm -hmm. So I would come into every room. This is like in my, you know, twenties and probably even into my thirties where I was like, came in like a leaf blower in people's face. Like I needed people to know, like I was smart, charming, funny, you know, like I, and I needed, I needed you to know that quick. Mm -hmm. So you wouldn't misjudge me as some sort of, I don't know, inconsequ uh, inconsequential person. <laughs> and, and, uh, and I've, I, I trust now a lot more in just like, my presence like like to just yeah. be i'm you know what it is like i'm more comfortable with silence which is mm -hmm. such a relief to not have to feel like i i need to talk all the time you get so much from listening yeah know? yeah do you ever mess around with ho'oponopono i know about it that's like the loving kindness meditation i love you i'm sorry please forgive yeah. me thank you yeah 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 i've uh not not like with any kind of regular practice but i was really stuck around an argument like a, a resentment i was having around someone and I said it for a while. So you've used it? I've used it, yeah. How did it work? Uh, I still have traces of a resentment, but I, I, it's not active for It's not up for me the way it was. Mm -hmm. I think there's some magic in that, for sure. Yeah. I do you so. use that a lot? I, it's, it's like my go-to. And do you say it in English, or do you say it in... Uh, yeah, is that in Hawaiian? English, yeah, it's Hawaiian. Yeah. Yeah, but I say it in English, yeah. O over a specific thing, or you just say There's it? There's loads of mantras on YouTube, where, and I'll like, you know, there's some of them are like an hour long. Will, you, will you send me some of your favorite Of course, ones? yeah. Okay, okay. And I run with them, and like... Uh, I'd be into that. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it. nothing has cleared the sort of back end of the muck as much as that for me. Like, yeah. that's a simple practice. But it's like, and it really does invite inspiration, I find. Yeah. Like you have a meditation. You're like a pretty serious meditator, I guess. Yeah, or, I mean, it goes in and I mean, out, but I try to do serious, it every day. It's yeah. like too much pressure. But yeah. But you I have a meditation practice. You have a meditation practice, yeah. right? It's like TM or? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of open to learning a different practice. Like, I've been doing it for a long time. Mm -hmm. and, um, I don't, you know, like... I used to think all I, I used to be so convinced that there was some secret key that would unlock permanent joy right. or permanent serenity. Mm -hmm. And I just don't know that that is a true or b even advisable. Like w w if you would want that. Right. Because um, so so for me, like meditation or prayer or anything is just to kind of hit the reset button, mm -hmm. you know, and just kind of try to calm it down for that moment. Or, or, or especially because of, you know, all the screens and stuff like yeah. to just sit quietly with your eyes closed and not do anything. That's mm. also feels like a revolutionary act in our society right now. I think it is. Yeah, you know? definitely. Well, that's one of the things I like about yoga practice is because it just 
separates me from my phone. I wouldn't drink any more of that. I think you've had enough. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Honestly, I, I, Ehud put more than five I, drops. I, I in went that. to macro I with mean, that last you know, sip. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <but like laughs> the bodega on the corner is in with us. Is that what you bought? Yeah. <laughs> I, w- I got it at the the hookah place. Uh, okay. What's that place? I kind of want to go there and smoke a hookah, man. I love hookahs. But it's I'm got trying a nice to, I'm trying not to smoke. Smell. Oh I, yeah, yeah. I I had a um, I, yeah. I've been mean, like, you know, the jewel. Yeah. I I I gave mine away. Like I got off of nicotine, but then every once in a while you like have a friend who has one, and then anyway. Yeah. Yeah, nicotine. Yeah, it's brutal. It's a brutal one. Yeah. Yeah. Just, so are you, are you like uh, in the sober vibes or do you are you messing around with drinking and all that? I haven't. Dr- well, so I took four years off drinking. <clears throat> then I drank for about two years. Then I didn't drink again for about three years. Did it go dark or did it just go? I don't think I ever had like my bottom was like not a bottom. Right. Except, you know, I got um, I got punched in the face twice, <laughs> you know, trying to sleep with this girl who had a boyfriend and. You know, that's a bottom. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's not, that's, that could happen to someone who's not drinking. No, I was hammered. Yeah. And yeah, that, that happened in between. I had done those six ceremonies and then I felt great. And then I started to feel bad. And I realized it was because I started drinking again the way I was. And then mm-hmm. I had this super dark night. I got punched. And then I went to Columbia. And that was part of my revelation around the drinking was like oh that's what ha- you know that's what ha- that's where it's gonna it's you know it's taking it's, you to that place so what happened when you got punched tell that story uh or do you not want to no i'll tell that story <laughs> i'll tell that story so i met this girl in columbus she was like a nursing student in ohio in columbus this ohio. Is so ohio this yeah. story <laughs> and uh i i met her through some you know mutual friends and she gave me her number and said, call me, we'll go out next time you're in town. Uh-huh. And I think we talked on the phone once or twice. She was attractive, let's Very. say. Yeah. And so I took her out when I was home in the spring. And we went to this uh, you know, restaurant. We were downing cocktails, right? Mm-hmm. And she mentions a boyfriend, which I, in my memory she hadn't said, but she might have said. But I, didn't, I just didn't think that she had a boyfriend. But I was also like, who cares? I'm leaving town tomorrow mm-hmm. or two in two days. That's what that's what drinking would do to me. I was like, I don't care that she has a boyfriend. <laughs> right. Like, why is whereas, she out with me? Whereas if you're sober, you, you still might not care, but you would at least you'd be like, pretend to care feel, a little bit. This doesn't feel right, yeah. <laughs> you would be like, yeah, you'd be resisting making the mistake yeah. as you made it. And then we're at this other bar, and this guy shows up, and it was her boyfriend, and I don't know how he knew we were there, um, but he found her, and he tried to get her to leave with him, and she was like, I'm going to stay here. I'll, I'll catch up with you later. Damn. I mean that's that that's the end of a, the like time out on this story. Yeah. If I'm her boyfriend at oh, that point, yeah. I'm like, okay, our relationship is now over. God bless, and that's the end. That wasn't but how he dealt I with it. I don't know how fine she was though. <laughs> but still like well, so I'm we, assuming she was crazy. Like was I, I actually went she, she was I'm assuming it's like crazy level. Yeah, I won't comment on that. But you'll know that I stuck around. Let me just say, I still after that I after stuck that, around. Like, yeah, both of you were like I took handling. Took punch and I stayed. Like, yeah, you. No. Ca- uh, yeah, I should divert it to you and go like, yeah. At that point, you maybe should have been like, you yeah, know well, what? No, by the sober, way, you would have been like, okay. What I'm I said out. was like, I I think he has a right to be upset. 
Like I'm sitting here talking to you. We're in a corner booth. At so this you semi bro coded with him a little bit. I was just like, I don't know. And he then definitely did have we, a right to we, be upset. We went to this other restaurant, and she turned off her cell phone because he kept calling. Uh huh. We went to this other restaurant where she and the bartender was like giving a shot, and I was so drunk. And uh, the waitress came over, and she was like, "Oh, because this girl, she worked there, and she was like, hey, so and so, he's on the phone. He called the restaurant." Okay. So she was like, I got to take but this. Can I time out this story? Can I, mean, I time out? It's not all his fault. What? Josh's it's, yeah, fault? It's not I'm not blaming Josh not. in the story. Uh, listen, but I'm, I'm saying, complicit in this. I'm saying know. time out on this. Yeah. She, she's got the boyfriend. He already confronted her. Yeah. He's called. She's turned off the phone. She then, you then go to the place number two, but place number this two. This is place number is three. A, oh, this place number three. <laughs> yeah. It's a place she knows. That he knows that she's involved in. Like oh, she yeah. could have I think just... he was just following us. I think oh, he really? was like following us the whole oh, time. Okay. Yeah. So he calls and she comes back and she's like, he's pretty upset. <laughs> you <laughs> think? And I was like, <laughs> I was like, well, let's get you home. Like, let's get you home, right? So I, I was driving and that's the super dark. I never should have been driving. I mean, anyway. Um, so I drop her off and we're in her parking lot. And this car comes up behind us with its brights on. Uh-huh. And she turns around. And she's like, that's him. And at that point, are you like kind of shit in your pants? Well, no. I was just like, well, you, this is what I, I was like. Well, you, you should go deal. Like as what, if it was her problem, right? right so she know. hugs me, which is probably was bad because mm-hmm. he sees her hug me. Mine. She gets out and I start leaving the parking lot and his car tears out in front of me and kind of blocks me. Like he, he you know skidded out in front of me he gets out of his car i lock i'm in my mom's toyota camry by the way which is a great detail of the story wow so he locks the car i lock the car but i stupidly roll down the window Uh right and he was like get out of the car like me like we're gonna fight right and i was like come on dude like that's what i said come on dude he punches me right in the face and I'd, I'd not been punched in the face before this oh really no and how, when did this happen i was 32 oh this is a long time it was ago. a while ago like yeah, 12 yeah. years ago yeah yeah so he punches me in the face but i'm so drunk that i definitely feel my head kicks back yeah but i don't feel the pain of it because no, i'm you actually don't get you don't feel the a punch in the face actually it doesn't hurt it's the after effect right that's fucks fucks you up but then i was so shocked and i was just like Dude, I was not trying to sleep with your girl. Boom, another punch. And that one spread like blood everywhere. Like right. he, un, you know, he just got it in the right broken in the nose. nose. He, it wasn't broken, but it definitely like, it just messed, messed it up. Yeah. yeah. So then I'm like covered in blood and he sees I'm covered in blood and he just leaves. And I drive home like bleeding in my mom's Toyota Camry. <laughs> That's another song. Bleeding in my mom's Toyota camera. Yeah. And then I get home and um and I'm you know, I blew something out of my nose that was like, What is this? Like it was like that doesn't belong in the tissue. Like that belongs still in my nose. That belongs still in my nose. Or even higher. You know what I mean? Maybe that's brain. Yeah, it was terrible. And then I called a friend or two, like West Coast people and a friend of mine was like, I don't think you should lie down like if you can't if your nose keeps bleeding. Oh, uh-huh, concussion. So then I had to wake up my mom at like four in the morning. Nice. Or five, you know. And then my dad comes down and I'm dealing with you know, I'm thirty two and I'm drunk and I and I'm no you know, I'm punched and my dad gets this bag of frozen peas and puts it on my face. 
And I was supposed to speak at my college. Like my dad and I were hosting this thing at Kenyon College mm-hmm. where I went to school and we were going to uh, kick off their like fundraising drive. And my, I woke up in the morning and I was like black and blue under both eyes or one eye was right. really black and blue. And my, you know, my mom was like, come here and she put makeup on it, you know, and I just showed up for this thing. And it was like this really dark moment in my life. And then she, the next day was calling me and I guess the, he felt really bad and they were like trying to mend some bridges with me. And I was like, I don't want anything to do with these people. Oh, he felt bad. And then, oh, and oh, he wanted to apologize. I think he was trying to make up with her and all this stuff, but it was, uh, yeah, that's where drinking took me. So anyway, to answer your question, I didn't drink for four months after, or four years after I got back from Columbia. I drank for about two years, didn't drink for three years. And then for some reason last year, I drank for about nine months and uh, it wasn't good. It wasn't good. So I haven't drank since November. I don't give a fuck about alcohol, honestly. I'm like, I, I put it in a not an option category and it yeah. remains there and I'm fine with it remaining there. Yeah. Hey, have you been to that Kava bar? Um, <laughs> do you go there a lot? Bro, I had, I got, <laughs> that became like an addiction thing for me. We yeah. could go there afterwards. I like, I like that place. You want to go there? Yeah, let's go. Okay, yeah. I, I'd go there again. Yeah. You want to go? I don't know what it is, but I'll go. It's good. I mean, if you want your lips to be numb. You know who introduced yeah. me to Kava is Peter Buck. Who's that? Uh, he was the guitar player for R.E.M. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. And uh, I'm in a band with him now. Oh, nice. And so he uh, goes to this Kava bar in Portland. Yeah. And uh, we would go, like, working on the record, and then that's where we because he doesn't really drink either, and we would just go there and start drinking it. But then when I moved into this neighborhood, the Kava Bar on 10th Street was right around the corner. I started going there every day. <laughs> yeah, I like that place. I've been there a couple times. It is so, fun. Yeah. I'd, I'd be into going there again. I, I feel like I could, like, conservatively do kava now but like everything becomes an addiction oh yeah so easily with me but that's one of those things where you're kind of doing that's a subtle one it is but if you have a couple cups of that and then you're walking in the street you're like i'm on something it alters you. yeah yeah for sure it does it definitely does i have a similar got getting uh punched in the face story oh yeah yeah mine was in high school and it was same i was drunk and i uh was the was like kind of hit on the wrong girl yeah it was the captain is of the, <laughs> captain of the wrestling team's girlfriend yeah and i bad choice it was a really bad choice and he was a friend of mine too but they had broken up or something and then she was like flirting with me at a party and i walked by him with my arm around her and just it was like this uh, all uh, from my periphery i just see this like right yeah. in my temple and it was like this oh three oh it was it was That's just like, oh like a, I, it was done it was done i yeah. i you know yeah it was done i i just got pummeled and then all of a sudden like i'm on the ground and i'm just getting pummeled and then all of a sudden i see all these feet of all these other kids coming like running and then they tackle him off of me and it was just like, oh wow but it was brutal yeah Anyway, I had a similar thing as sim- <laughs> similar to like, like being in Peru with the madman after I got punched, I had this, uh, like a little kick of pride where I was like, check that off. Like life. Like yeah. I got punched. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like where yeah. you're like, this is a life thing. Yeah. Yeah. I get punched a lot now because, <laughs> because I box. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I'm actually thinking, rethinking that I'm cause I, you know, I spar. And when you spar, you always go, okay, we're going to go light, right? And it's never light. Well, it's light for the first round. Yeah. You know, and then, but then people get tired and you're, you can't help, but you're fighting. Yeah. 
you know so it just happens you know and what they know about head injuries and stuff like that or just like they're not good. jostling the brain I, i'm getting into jujitsu i think now because yeah. i like i like doing a fighting discipline too yeah do you ever do anything like that not really not although interested. although no i am interested i just haven't figured out like you know when things come into your life at a time yeah like i keep them like oh, i think i'd like that and i don't know you know my mr miyagi hasn't descended on me or anything yeah like, i don't know what to do yeah well, jujitsu is an interesting one. Yeah. Because it's grappling. Okay. So it's no, like, you know, it's not striking. Right. Which is which is good. And you can kind of, like, practice it up into your old age. You know? Right, So right. it's like a, you know, I don't know. I'm just starting. Uh-huh. So I don't know anything about it. But it, it seems like a popular one and it interests yeah. me. You yeah. Know? Kind of like rough yoga. <laughs> <laughs> rough yoga. That's funny. <laughs> Yeah. To shift from fighting and violence and all that. Yeah. Uh, the one when we had the podcast with Ben, the one thing I regretted we didn't have time to talk to was the Radner Lee project. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, let's um, talk about that. So for you, you didn't when you started doing that. I saw you guys early on, and uh, Ben was playing guitar. You were singing, and you were yeah. dabbling. It seemed like you were dabbling with the guitar. You were trying to figure it out. Did you just? say okay we're doing this i need to learn how to play the guitar how was that whole what happened was we did this whole first album we wrote i don't know we wrote like 20 songs and like 14 of them ended up on the you know we just and it was such a good fun experience writing songs with him and he's a great songwriter but i also i I also felt like i brought like we both brought something really interesting and and the alchemy of the two of us was like interesting mm-hmm. just something interesting was always happening we never got together and didn't leave with a, a, at least a song or a part of a song that felt promising and then we toured a bit with it and we went to brazil and like all these people oh by that point actually i was playing so what happened was i had um i had like a breakup that kind of rocked me and i had the, i have this you know I, years ago with ben i bought this gibson j45 um and i didn't play it that much but i i i was kind of hurting one night and i just wrote this song called foolish gold and i played it for ben and i barely knew how to strum i was kind of like doing this flamenco thing just all d chords like variations and um he really liked it and then i started playing it at our shows and people really liked it and then i started just playing a little bit more and ben one day was like let's be a two guitar band He's like, if you can, if you can play rhythm, I could do much more interesting stuff and we'll get a much fuller sound. So then I just threw myself in. It's been like two and a half years and I play pretty obsessively. I play every day. I I have a teacher in LA and New York, but I I haven't taken a lesson in a while, but I, um, I, you know, it sounds stupid to say, but like the more you practice, the better you get. Yeah, no, I saw you a year later and you definitely improved. Yeah. I mean, and I, and I can, I just did a show at Rockwood by myself, like, like my own stuff. Cause I'm putting out an album, my own stuff That's too. That's great. Yeah. And, um, it's just been like this, you know, I used to see, I, I've been an obsessive music fan for so long and I used to see these singers that I thought I just wanted to enjoy them. But once I started playing, I really realized I wanted to be up there doing that. Mm-hmm. But I, I thought that if you hadn't learned how to play an instrument by 40, you were done. It was like, you're never going to learn. I thought it was like a secret thing that I just didn't know how to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I started doing it and I was like, oh, this is actually not only doable, but I'm actually, I have some talent at this, like just some native talent, like mm-hmm. in, at coming up with melodies and, and I've, I'm, I'm a writer and I love rhythm and rhyme and all that. So I've always loved yeah. that stuff. So, um, 
it's just been like this great shift in my life to have in addition to all these other things I do. And I still feel like it's in the the realm of what I do, which is telling stories. It's just instead of a 90-minute story with a bunch of characters, sometimes you just want to write a three-minute story mm-hmm. that has a beginning, middle, and end, and that's what it is, and it's just an afternoon's work. And then you have it for the rest of your life. Yeah. You know, you can share it with people. That's cool. It's uh, It's been the best, you know. And then this new record we're doing, uh, we're, we're going back to redo. Um, when I get back to L.A. in two weeks, we're going to redo these two songs that we just weren't super happy with. But the rest of the album we love, and we're, we're super psyched about this new one. And then hopefully, schedule permitting, we can do a little bit of touring. But we're never, I don't know that we're ever going to be like able to dedicate like a year to hit the road or something. Ben's got a family. I've got all this other stuff going on. So we just do it when we can. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's just creatively, it's super satisfying. Yeah. Yeah, it's just awesome. Well, it's true. It's like, I, I, like it used to be like people would just like go to college and then done with education. But I think now with everything that the internet provides in, in terms of educational resources. I think people are like learning new new crafts all the time, like oh, yeah. up into their older ages and stuff like that. Yeah. Because also what they're learning about the brain and neuroplasticity, or right. however you say that. Yeah, yeah, you said it right. Yeah, yeah. like, uh, I don't know, it's cool. It's cool and it also, I remember when I started playing guitar I had this feeling the only way I can describe it is I felt younger. Mm-hmm. Like like y- y- when you're a little kid, you're trying everything and you suck at everything until you don't anymore. Right. But 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 that experience of being like a 12-year-old who's trying something for the first time yeah. and then you actually start getting good at something. Yeah. There's such a kick to that. And I think as we get older, we we find a lane like we keep getting validated for this thing we do whatever Mm -hmm. it is and so we stay in it and it's so rare that we go outside our comfort zone to pick up another skill yeah i mean musicians probably do that more than because i feel like musicians pick up other instruments Mm -hmm. like that's a thing they do yeah but um a lot most most people you know if you're in my field like people just like you might act and write and direct and produce but you don't like pick up a guitar and become a songwriter i mean Mm -hmm. that's not true some people do but uh but it made me feel young, younger. It made me feel like I had a lot of years ahead of me of writing songs. It yeah. just, it, 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 there was such a kick to it. I don't know. It continues to be really fun. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Was it scary at all for you to be on stage, or are you used to if the the Broadway experience made it easier to just? Well, go it was up weird. There? Like like, like some of my skills. There were a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. Some of my skills were totally transferable. Standing in front of people. Yeah being vulnerable in front of people, speaking into a microphone, in between song patter, and even singing was part of something I had already done. Mm -hmm. Standing in front of a crowd with a guitar, you know, finger picking or playing was something I had to learn on the job. But having been with me, like he's been playing since he was 12, and even when the show is not like killer, he's always so solid just because he knows how to ride the wave of like nerves or whatever Mm -hmm. he's just good at being in front of people and playing music so in a weird way i got good at playing guitar by playing in front of paying audiences you know what i mean like we went on tour with with rachel yamagata before we did our album just to like you know have some more time with the songs on the road and and i played on almost every song and it was just like every show was just better and better and better and i just felt more and more comfortable And um, yeah, it was super weird. Like sometimes I'll have an out of body experience being like, dude, you're playing guitar in front of <laughs> hundreds of people. This is insane. Like mm-hmm. like you 
they can't know. And then Ben, at a certain point, he was like, stop telling people you just started playing two years ago. He goes, because you're, you're at the point where you're good enough that it kind of looks dicky. Yeah, it's because like you're you, bragging. Yeah, like you've, you're bragging. But hey what guys, I, I've only been doing this two yeah, years. Yeah, but the reason... <laughs> no, I don't, I don't do that. Trust me, I don't do that. I'm not shredding it or anything. But the reason I tell people, I almost feel deceitful. I still feel like a bit of an imposter. So I want right. to tell people like, this is new for me and isn't... We should just be happy that we're taking chances. You know what I mean? Right. Like I just want to enlist everyone in my right. vulnerability. You, know, like, you want it to be like, to compensate for maybe like... Last a, a professionalism or something. You, you yeah. want it to be also a motivational lesson for the audience. Maybe, maybe, yeah. <laughs> Try new things, guys. Yeah. I'm up here doing new things. Yeah. What it, there's that great Miles Davis. Miles Davis has two quotes I think about. Like, <laughs> there's two Miles Davis things. One, he said, like, it's not the wrong note that makes you a professional. It's like the note after the wrong note. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you? How do you recover right. from a wrong note? But the other thing he said that really has helped me not just in music but in all performance was he said i never perform i just rehearse in front of the audience oh my god you know what i mean I like love, just that looseness of like I love I'm that. just rehearsing and you're here you can be here yeah but i'm gonna rehearse that's genius Isn't I, that amazing? I i've never heard that that's gonna help me yeah <clears throat> yeah because i'm like i'm getting into the beginner's mind with with music right now um and like getting ready for my tour because i'm getting ready to tour in october just you there's a plug or? october tour coming up yeah with jesse mallon with jesse mallon oh, nice. headlining tour yeah oh nice i got an album coming out october 11th <laughs> 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 um, hey but, guys i'm still here <laughs> <laughs> hey guys <laughs> by the by oh. um no but uh and getting into like because i started live looping back in like the mid 90s yeah and i um yeah, I'm just kind of rediscovering it. And wow. it's like, so it's like, and yeah. You've been get, off for a while. Yeah, I've been off for a long time, yeah. So it's like getting that beginner's mind. Was guitar thing. your first instrument? No, my first instrument was piano. And how old and, were you? And then sort of bass. Like? I was a kid, okay. like, you know, child and piano. And then I started playing bass when I was like 15. Were you in bands in high school? Yeah, I, was profe- I got into a professional band and when i was still in high school wow. cleveland blues rock band called frankie star and chill factor uh-huh. we played like five nights a week in wow. cleveland bars and so, so that was your germany if you I, were the beatles exactly yeah, yeah yeah i was living an adult kind of life really yeah. really young yeah and the, and so it always felt like doable to you yeah i guess so i didn't start singing until i was 21 which okay. is kind of late but I, and um and then I started writing songs. So it was a journey towards same sort of thing. Like my first time being a singer songwriter, and I got discovered by Peter Gabriel. I made a demo tape that got to him. Wow! And then I came up to New York to like play a, a, a audition gig for him. And then he brought Lou Reed, who brought his DAT recorder to record it. Wow! And I was like singer songwriter but i was really a bass player and i really just started singing so i was faking it wow basically and but it was an intensely pressurized situation like how old were you then i mean i was probably like 24 then something like that you know when was come to where i'm from when was that record that was uh that's the second one i was like 26 i think when that one came out or when i made i remember buying that record from other music oh cool other music is that still there i don't think so is it fourth street I don't know because I remember they had Most you, you know it's not. they had they so. had all those like uh, you know employee recommendations uh-huh. like that little things yeah oh thank God it was oh so long it was so lonely here for a second We're, should we tell everyone what happened <laughs> his mic went out 
It was <laughs> now we've lost the co-host. I'll fix it. Oh up. no, he's oh, there no. now. We got, we got everybody. Wow. Um, what were we talking about before the incident? Pacino. Oh you're, you're, well. Um, when you this new project in Amazon, yeah, that you, does sound amazing. Yeah, oh, dude. Well, it's we, really. I think it's a when, really good when show. When we started, you said that some things um, don't work out, and then something else does. You were talking about yeah. Rise, and then what's the name of the Amazon? The Hunt. The Hunt. The Hunt. Yeah. Um, when you were brought on, was he already on the show? Yeah. What yeah. was your reaction to like, oh, you're gonna be on with Pacino? Well, it started. It started moving along that I was gonna get the role. Mm-hmm. And then you have to audition for it. I did read for it because it, I think they, except for Pacino, I think they made most people read. Except for Pacino. Yeah, they didn't make him audition. But I didn't know when I read that he was in the show. I just liked the the script and I liked the part oh, and I liked okay. the sides. So you said yes before that. Yeah, I mean, I really wanted it. When you say you like the sides, what's that mean? Like they'll give you like three or four pages that you have to audition with. Okay. Those are the sides. Those are the sides. Yeah, I don't know if I, did I read the whole script? I don't know if I did. Oh. Um, it's a portion of the script. Yeah, called the size. But it, it was so weird, and 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 it was such a it was such a strange role. This guy is like not a role that people let me play a lot, and mm-hmm. I, and I'm I keep looking for roles that are like not what I've played. Um, and then when Pacino was in it, it was like oh, sometimes you 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 get in a project and and something draws you to it, and then you're like oh, this is a lot cooler than I thought it was. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, I already thought it was interesting. But, you know, uh, this director, Michael Uppendahl, he's directing episodes 8 and 10. Great guy. Really good director. And and he's having to direct Pacino in these very intense scenes. You know, the finale of the... Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, did you ever uh, dream you'd be directing Pacino? And he's like, it's not even a dream I thought to dream. To dream. Like, it's not, it's not something I ever thought would be. Right. Um, and I was kind of the same way. It's not like he was on my bucket not that i have a bucket list but it wasn't like he was on my radar as someone like oh i definitely want to work with him but (laughs) i've spent six months working with him and it's been awesome yeah you know and he's a it's been it's been great to be up close i'm sure you have like analogous situations with like great musicians Mm -hmm. where there's something heartening about seeing even though they're great they uh you know he, for instance, throws a lot against the wall mm-hmm. and not all of it sticks. Right. And like, he just keeps searching and trying and sometimes he's totally brilliant. But I also, it's like, I, I hope this doesn't sound weird. It's like, it's great to see him not do a great take Yeah, absolutely. because it demystifies him. Mm-hmm. And suddenly you're like, oh, I sometimes don't do great takes. It gives you permission to but take But one chances. of the things, the reason, almost like that Miles Davis thing about the note after the wrong note yeah. is like, he'll say, can I have one more? And then he'll be amazing, right? Because he'll have learned from the previous one, or he'll figure something out, and and it's like he can shake his his self esteem is not dependent on his last take. Right. That's what makes him great. Yeah. Is like he just keeps going, and he's really super. He's seventy nine, and he's like so wow. hungry to keep doing good work. Right. Like he really want. He's really curious, yeah. and um, and he also w- likes to rehearse a lot, and he won't kind of let them light the scene and roll unless he really knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And that sometimes takes a while. But um, I never got annoyed. I was always like, I am acting with Al Pacino and I don't care. Mm-hmm. This is fantastic. Were other you people know? annoyed? Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I, I can't answer that for other people. Like, I yeah. think it's more... Sometimes other people shared his concerns about scenes and other times people didn't. But to me... I, I knew this was a like once in a 
lifetime thing to work with someone who's just, you know, so iconic and has done so much great and interesting work. Um, made me excited about acting again, to be honest, because sometimes yeah. I can get a little, the thing you've been doing longest, you're the least it's excited genuine. about. Yeah. yeah. And it just made me excited about it again. The combination of playing this part that was so wacky and, and getting to work with him and, and Carol Kane, who's like the best, you know, Carol Kane, uh, um, you know, Princess Bride. Okay. Uh, yeah. You know, she was Billy Crystal's wife. Like she was oh, on okay. Taxi. She's like, oh, right. just this great, great yeah. comedian. She's a terrific actress and a great, great person and um the whole cast has just been phenomenal do you focus on your state of mind like um in terms of just like a daily practice or anything that's not to do with any kind of tripping aspect yeah yeah i mean i fail also quite regularly mm -hmm. like like i went through a phase with some friends where we were challenging each other and this was so good and i remember my weeks were way better where we called it like the 45 club so it was like last 45 minutes of the day beginning 45 minutes of the day no screens yeah no phones no computers yeah so you know you'd power down yeah. and then you'd have 45 minutes like you'd read your book or you uh -huh. you know and then in the morning you like do your meditation or like read a book or you know do some yoga like and then and you could do what you wanted the rest of the day just mm -hmm. those 45 minutes on either side were sacred mm -hmm. no screens that really helped me but i fell off that mm -hmm. you know um, I do it occasionally. I try to get back to it. I would, I would like to be more diligent with that. Um, but like I pray in the morning or just offer up like a, you know, just ask for some sort of kind of guidance throughout the day. And mm -hmm. then I, I try to meditate. Um, I do, I've been, I do yoga or a, di or a different kind of exercise, try to every day. And, um, you know, I read a lot of Richard Rohr. Do you ever read Richard Rohr? Who's that? He's a Franciscan priest. I just feel like he's the most clear voice for me about like spirituality. Really? Yeah. I love it. I'm going to invest. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you some of his books to get. That's yeah. great. Yeah. Um, I met him. I, I, I mean, I'm friendly with him. I did the, like this three day seminar with him in Santa Fe. That was awesome. Like last year, or the year before. And um, he's a, like a proper elder. And what is like his, his whole, what, what's his thing? His thing is like, so he's a Catholic priest, but he doesn't believe in substitutionary atonement, meaning he doesn't believe Jesus died for our sins. Hmm. Like he doesn't believe the central kind of deal of Christianity. Why not? Like, because he says that in Isaiah, uh, God declared no more scapegoating, like no more sacrifices, that they're not required anymore. Mm -hmm. And that on some level, Jesus on the cross was like the reconciliation of opposites and, and to, to show that God was in the game of suffering, like the suffering with us, like wherever there was suffering, God That's is moving. suffering with us. Yeah. That's very moving. Very moving. Right. It is and he says, moving. when, whenever liturgy says all powerful God, he said, it should also say all vulnerable God that God is like the most vulnerable, like whatever. That's intense. Yeah. Because yeah. that's the one thing I always thought God couldn't possibly know well, what it's like to be a human because of our frailty. Well, again, Whereas if you, if you believe Jesus was God, which I'm not, that's not my trip. But if you do believe it, you know, Richard says, if God hates the body so much, why would he have taken one on? Mm -hmm. You know, what, why would, why, in the form of Jesus, like, why do why, we think God hates the body or well, all the, all the from? shame from like all the religions and, and the <clears throat> shame around sex and body, you know, bad mm -hmm. body's bad. We got to escape the body. Mm -hmm. Like he also doesn't really, he doesn't talk much about heaven and hell. Like he doesn't believe 
that uh, you know, religion is what he calls an evacuation plan to get out of this realm. Mm. And he's like, I don't believe in that, you know, that, Mm. that, that this is good. The body is good. Incarnation is good. He calls, you know, Christ is spirit meeting matter. Mm -hmm. This is all Christ everywhere around us. What about evil? Evil's like, yeah, I asked him about that. I forget his. Uh, <laughs> I forget. It. Well, evil is the great. Let's you, text him when we drink yeah, kava. Yeah. You trip up on that, right? Like evil. Like evil why is fucks there me evil? Up. I know. I, I know. mean, because it's and it's becoming more and more weirdly, perversely evident in our. Yeah. Like it's becoming more revealed. All, I don't even want to mention the things in which ways it's becoming more well, revealed. Well, here's like, here's it's a, like that's how disgusting it is but obviously people are performing like serious like dark rituals like that are like powerful individuals that are like like that are just beyond normal people's comprehension but i i think of it this way i think that there is a balance right there's there's cosmic balance right yeah so it looks like it's just devastation and horror and converging crises and apocalypse right not I, i by the way i i don't think that of life i actually I don't. I think people should like not feed into despair. No, I agree. And but I, what and I, I what think I'm... love life is very light filled and and wonderful. And I, I, you know, but at the same time, evil is an undeniable aspect of our experience. Here. Right. Right. Agreed. But I also think when it looks like all this stuff is on the rise, mm-hmm. I, I I believe somehow that all the other good balancing light filled stuff is also on the rise. Absolutely. You know, and yeah. that sometimes. The, I always think about this thing my meditation teacher, the man who taught me to meditate. This is back in like 2003. I know you don't so, want to name him because you no longer take from him. <laughs> I read that in another interview. I heard you talk about that in another interview. Yeah. Well, it's fine. <laughs> you know, I have, a, I have a complicated thing around teachers. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So like, does Ben. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we share we, that. We, we had that old we, thing in the did podcast. Did to bring you into that, uh, into his guru at the time? The Indian he guru? Tried, he tried I went to, to his wedding. So I was there for two weeks. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. That I never fell in love with that guy. But don't lose your train of yeah, thought yeah, yeah. with what you were saying with your meditation teacher. So he said. So, but like back in two thousand four, someone said, "Are we going to make it out of this? Like humanity? Like okay. are we going to are we going to make it out of what, whatever's mm-hmm. going on?" And he said, "Yes, but it's going to be a cliffhanger." Wow, I I love that. Right, and I think that's true. Right, and I think like that's why I'm like you know um promoting things like ho'oponopono and just like the more people and to your behavioral thing what's that called? behavioral contagion behavioral contagion like getting more and more people just to like focus on things like ho'oponopono or whatever yeah. brings them into the that space of their own light because that's powerful like, yeah and I, and i do think it's a cliffhanger i don't think it's like this is like a weird uh, do you think there's like a spirit battle going on here? Like yeah, between light and dark. Probably. Seems I mean, like yeah. It. I I don't know. I I I sometimes think. You know, like I, the rainforest fires are really hurting me. Mm-hmm. Like like I just feel because I've been down there and I have mm-hmm. I feel a connection to those plants mm-hmm. and the people down there and the um, the the ignorance and the. Um, just cruelty of the governments and the, um, the, the, just that, you know, everyone paid, you know, a billion dollars to get Notre Dame redone. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, they can't get money to, you know, it just, it just galls me. And yet I sometimes think like me being kind through, 
throughout my day and taking good care of my mind and myself is like I'm helping the rainforest. I don't know how I know that, mm -hmm. but I feel like being a good human in the world and, uh, you know, staying sober in the ways I define sobriety mm -hmm. is like, I, I'm kind of doing something for the rainforest, mm -hmm. meaning that every action has some sort of um, ripple cascade, right? There's a ripple effect. It, there has to be mm -hmm. because if we're, if, if it's all energy and it's all connected, you know, we're, we're affecting people all the time with our thoughts and our feelings and our words. Absolutely. And I try to take care of with my words and, um, and I try to put good things out there. It sounds like that's what you're doing too. I'm trying, you know? Yeah, definitely trying. That's all we can do. That is all we can do. And we're do. also gonna we're also gonna fail a ton. We'll fuck up. I've, I've, I've definitely fucked up on this podcast already. <laughs> and I'd like to just say I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me and thank you. Same for <laughs> to me. Anyone too. I've offended. Yeah. yeah. Tonight. <laughs> yeah. So I like your T-shirt. Oh, thanks, man. I've I just seen, got this. Yeah, books are magic. Are you writing any kind of book or anything? I am. I. 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 I am. I, I'm I'm stuck on it, so I don't want to talk about it. Okay, but but I am. I sold a book to Harper One, and I'm and I'm. I, they they want a book from me. That's amazing. And, and I need to write. Congratulations. It. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. I um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I just like making things. And, yeah. And uh, and and I'm probably a bit of a workaholic, but I but I get my biggest joy from creating things. Yeah. You know. What do you think the purpose of life is? Uh. I think create something along the lines of like creation, inspiration. Um, yeah. Creation and inspiration. Uh, what's the purpose of life? I don't know. It might be service. Like it might be helping other people. It might be, you know, Richard writes a lot about like men's initiation, you know, throughout all history mm -hmm. and how we're really hurting because we're not initiating our men properly. Yeah. And what do you mean by that? Well, like an initiation, right. Uh, like in indigenous cultures, you know, it was basically to teach a man about vulnerability or a young boy about vulnerability. Mm -hmm. And it was basically so they'd get, you know, your life is not about you. You will die. Life is suffering. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, like the hard truths, mm -hmm. right? And when you get the hard truth about your own vulnerability and your own how little we are, you can actually get, then go about the business of being... Um, you know, a good actor in the world. I mean that in the broader context, you know? Yeah. Um, what do you think the purpose of life is? <clears throat> I don't, I mean, it's like, uh, I think it's like creating yourself and, and yeah, like doing that to sort of, uh, promote light with light within other people. Yeah. Um, and I like what you're saying about the power of vulnerability. Yeah. Like, have you ever checked out any Brene Brown? Oh, sure. I love her. Yeah. That stuff is love cool. Love all that. Yeah. It yeah. might have something to do also with evolution, like like evolving to, you know, like your dharma, like whatever your kind of sacred duty is, like finding out what that is mm -hmm. and living in that. Yeah. And, and, and when we live in that, there's this great, I think it's Howard Thurman, this theologian says, you know, don't ask what the world needs. Ask what makes you come alive and do that because what the world needs is more people who've come alive. That's what I, I love that. Yeah. Like, boom. That's like a boom thing for yeah. me because I believe that entirely. Yeah. Like, like, what excites you and where does that excitement even come from? Like, right. If you question that. Like, and then and then other people, your, your excitement acts as some sort of sonar signal out. Mm -hmm. And you, especially now where we can really connect with people, you say like, okay, this is what I'm about. Yeah. And then there's people that go, 
oh, I'm about that too. Yeah, or you're and then helping you, you, me. Yeah, you find your tribe, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're, you, 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 you just, you, yeah, you get through somehow. Yeah. And then you inspire people and then in turn they inspire you back and then it's just this like beautiful feedback loop. Yeah. You know? It reminds me too what you're saying about men's ritual like in sort of the weedy where Ibogaine comes from. Yeah. Like uh, the when a kid becomes like a young man they do like the Ibogaine ritual. I think they only do it once but it's called the cracking of the skull. Oh yeah. And it's like after they've had their sort of... Uh, the ritual of it then the the young dudes go off into like huts and they like meditate on what the visions told them for like three oh for like 10 days i don't know how long right. actually i can't remember it could be three weeks or it could be 10 days i'm not sure what it is but it's a significant period of time and just or maybe it's three days i, I don't know we'll ask dimitri yeah, Dimitri would definitely know. Uh, but uh, and then they, you know, they get food and sustenance brought yeah. to them. But then when they go come back and they reintroduce themselves to the tribe, they tell the tribe what their new name is, and no one, yeah. no one ever calls them by their old name. That's again. all straight up. Richard talks about all that: the new name, the shedding oh, really? of the old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's the whole point of like bar mitzvah in Judaism. It's mm-hmm. supposed to be. Yeah. But they're really, and he talks about you know if if a kid is not acquainted with powerlessness mm-hmm. when they get power they'll misuse it yeah you know i think that you see it in our presidents like it's a guy who absolutely doesn't understand how to wield power yeah he's just like a child yeah you know he's never been properly humbled and in a weird way i think the presidency is his humbling right <laughs> you know what i mean because it's I like do. it's 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 it must be a human i mean it must be i hope he's being humiliated I, I, that's a harsh thing to say, but I mean that in a spiritual context. Right. You know? Humbled. Yeah. Yeah. Well, humbled is probably different than humiliated. Yeah. But, uh. Um, humbled is, is nicer. Yeah, yeah. I hope he's being humbled. Should we, g- I, I want my new name to be Daddy Longlegs. Is, is everybody okay with that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> What's your new name? Uh,. I don't know. You go first. <laughs> we don't have cards for Josh. Oh, no, we don't. What yeah. are the cards? No. Oh, man. We forgot the cards. What are they? It's just a thing we do on the podcast. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Here we go. The cards. We do have cards for Josh. I just pick one. You just pick one. Name three things you're grateful for and why good i can do that um you know i'm i uh, i've lost some friends and i have a friend who's pretty sick and i find like a new appreciation for just my physical health mm-hmm. like my actual working body right like i i try to remember like not to take that for granted yeah so i feel grateful for my my working functioning all things considered pretty pretty <laughs> you know it's doing its thing body um i'm grateful to live a creative life yeah that i get to wake up and like making stuff is like what i do uh and i'm grateful for uh i'm grateful for friendship like new and old just like community kind of tribal ties like like the the tribe i've kind of found in the world right old friends new friends that's cool yeah all right let's see what mine says when do you feel most secure? Hmm. 
You've had that one. I. When do I feel most secure? Jeez. That's a tough one. I don't. I don't know. I. <sighs> What'd you say last time? <laughs> Spencer pulled that one. I, I didn't. I, I don't forget know. what you said. When did I feel most secure? I guess when I'm. Oh, I know what you said. You said you don't feel secure. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I don't really. I I honestly don't think I do feel secure right. very often. I what, guess what I was about to say though is like when I'm in a flow state in in making stuff. Yeah. I guess like you know when I because I feel locked into my point my purpose. Right. When I'm taking when, oddly, I guess maybe when I'm taking chances and putting myself out there in a scary way. So it would be almost like I feel most secure when I feel most insecure. Oh, uh, yeah. That sounds a little too fake, deep, but... No, I get what you mean. Well, it also, the flow state, you lose yourself on some level. Yeah. So you're not even self-conscious enough to feel secure or insecure because you're not quite there. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And there's a relief in that because your, your neuroses disappear, your self-consciousness is gone, mm -hmm. and you're just like being used by something bigger than you. Yeah. And there's a kind of security in that because you're resting in the bigger thing. And maybe uh, you're feeling the presence of uh, God. Yeah. You know, and that's where security lies. Yeah. Like when you're, when you were in the echo maze and it was like you, the only security you could find was like, okay, I, like to me, like when that's the gift of like when everything goes like pear shaped or like really bad in your life and, and there's no sort of regular human security around that's when you're forced to like actually pray i mean at least for me that's the yeah. only time i've like you know you got to almost be brought to your knees in order to really sort of like rise up, up right on some level well one uh, richard says you know we only learn two ways great suffering and great love mm -hmm. are the only two things that teach us and he said without suffering mm -hmm. we would not we wouldn't change right so suffering can be this kind of irritant or this instigator to get us to move and change yeah because it, it kind of says like oh something needs shifting here yeah something needs to be rethought yeah you know does the world communicate to you like yeah. when like cars roll by with like signs on the bus? Do they speak yeah. to you? I can actually tell when I'm when I'm in a state of Where, connection, right? Because synchronicities are everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. <laughs> and when I'm not, <laughs> when I'm not, just a couple guys from Ohio talking about <laughs> talking about psychosis. Yeah, no. <laughs> but when I'm not, I can really feel that I'm like, oh, I haven't seen synchronicity. Like I'm kind of not in the. I'm, I'm not, not dropped in. I, I have that with numbers because like, oh, I'm getting five, 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 or I'm getting three, 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 or this, that, and the other. But then when I look at my phone, just like I just did, and it was five, five, six, I'm like, what's up? Yeah. Like it has almost a reverse effect. I also love like being like guys from Ohio don't really jam on this. Like my high school friends don't talk this way, uh -huh. largely a couple, right. but mostly I really like that. There's something about being an artist that it allows you. Who was I just talking about? I heard someone who was talking about this. Oh no, I was talking with my, uh, my friend Will Cotton, who's a painter, and he's I've like, heard of him. he's great, but he's like, I'm pretty scientific, but he's really mystical around his art. Mm -hmm. But I said to him, like, you actually are have done enough scientific research into know that when you do this, you get this result, even if it feels woo-woo and metaphysical, mm -hmm. you've still researched it enough to know that that's a pattern in your life. Mm -hmm. You know, he really liked, 
he really liked that idea because it but i but i like that artists we give ourselves permission to like say like oh there's those four numbers that mean something to me because i'm always looking for like little winks from the universe like hey you're 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 on the right path and 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 also that weird thing like i'll think someone will pop into my head and then either you know i haven't seen them for years and and they'll call or i'll Mm -hmm. see them on the street and it's like some foreshadowing of someone that's in your orbit right and i don't know i mean i don't consider myself particularly psychic but i know that i can manifest certain things if they're if they're if i'm thinking about them yeah everything's consciousness yeah and like if you are paying attention to the universe to communicate with you it will communicate with you yes and and if you are not open to that that's why sometimes when people are like you know they don't believe in god right for instance i'll be like well you're just talking about not having God experiences, right? but mine are undeniable. So it might actually mean that for some people there's a God and some people there's not. And that's just a thing. Or, you know, mm. like they say in the steps, like conscious contact with a higher power. It's like, I always think that that's such a weird thing. It's like, there's always unconscious contact. The trick is like, can you make it conscious? Yeah. Can you turn the light on can where you're you like aware it? of it? Can you see it? It reminds me of meditation when you like, when like you get into like deep states of meditation and what that really means is actually just being right here, right now, like present right right now. Like that's, and I find that odd because in a way it's the opposite of deep. It's actually just right here, right. (laughs) Right. Do you know what I mean? Like the deeper you are, the more right here right now you are right and it's like that's the point which is i find in and of itself is psychedelic right and then and then i'm also amazed at uh you know truth being the most simple thing Mm -hmm. the most simple thing or love Mm -hmm. it's like the most simple thing and it actually renders you mute when you get up close to it right there's nothing to say same with meditation like when you're right here right now there's just there's nowhere to be there's nothing to get. Yeah. Yeah. You have it right there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you guys see. are adorable. <laughs> <laughs> I know. We kind of are. I, I'm feeling that way too. <laughs> Wait till our uh, lips go numb from the kava. Yeah. Do I have you to want? pick one? No, you know, we can, let's wrap it up. Yeah, let's you. wrap it up. Let's wrap it up. Um, that was a good place to wrap it up, actually. Right here. Name one thing right that now. makes you nervous or uncomfortable <laughs> and explain why. We're picking <laughs> cards because... I don't have good answers for that. Yeah, that card sucks. What was the other one? What's the other one? Go with the other one. <laughs> that uh, goes against the cards. What does activism mean to you? Oh, <laughs> no. you consider yourself an activist? <laughs> no. <laughs> but, I mean, activism, yeah, I don't know. We've, we've covered it all. Yeah. Um, I feel like we've covered it all. But before we wrap it up, when is your new <laughs> show coming out? Yeah. It'll be on in February of 2020. Oh, next year. Yeah, yeah. Okay. They're going to, I think they released. Are you allowed to talk about it? Can we? Cause yeah, we can talk about it. Uh, I mean, it's been. The like, Hunt. Released. Uh, on that Amazon. I'm, that I'm on it. The cast. People know the cast. Congratulations, man. Thanks. Yeah. That's rad. Yeah. As, yeah. Uh, can I ask one more question? As a director and an actor and a writer, being in something with Pacino, do you. Like, what did you learn from him, or or, or what is that experience then that you're going to go direct your next movie? What you see, like, does that set the bar really high for every other actor? You're gonna like no, because he, wor- he works your- differently than every other. He works differently than a lot of people. You know, he's so, he's his own thing. Um, I think just uh, you know, staying in that creative exploratory space and and not uh, 
he 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 certainly doesn't come in and be like, "I'm an Oscar winner. I'm a legend. Therefore, everything I do is good." Right. Like he's humble. He he's like, "Yeah, I didn't get that one." He's got you the know? beginner's mind. He's got beginner's mind. That's right. That's right. And he's open to the fact that he's open to the possibility that he might be a charlatan fraud. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. it's it, that's humility. That's like amazing. it's yeah. it's incredible. Um, it just made me think of what my, we had Michael Imperioli on. Yeah. And he was talking about everything he learned by just watching De Niro and Goodfellas. Yeah. Uh, and how De Niro just approached everything and what everything that he picked up was that that's that's was the origin of my question. Yeah. I you know some of the stuff you steal. I wonder if it's the same for music. Some of the stuff you steal without even knowing you're stealing it, mm-hmm. like little little things just seep in. Mm. Because I I think as a creative person, you're you're actually the sum total of all your influences, mm-hmm. right? Like they're just they're in you, and you like as a writer, I at first you're imitating your 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 favorites, your favorite, yeah. and then it it goes through you enough that this own your own voice emerges. Yeah. So I feel that way about. I used to steal from actors all the time and i don't even remember who i've stolen from at this point but i know that i am my own actor at this point right. and i'm sure that i've had some osmosis with with al or something <laughs> in six months i don't know i mean something of i i feel like my work as this series goes on just got better and partly that's just because you know, i'm 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 getting better at playing the character and that's just natural progression Mm -hmm. but it was a fertile like creative not just al but like there were just good actors around and and the story was compelling and it felt like we were you know it's a good time to hunt nazis yeah i can't wait to hunt some nazis (laughs) (laughs) i I definitely want to be an actor and hunt nazis man i'm jealous well i want to be a musician and you are one yeah oh that's right but you're inspiring me to take on new things too cool man i want to get into some comedy and all that i keep saying that but anyway listen Hey. Thanks for doing this. Great Josh talking Radner, to you guys. Amazing yeah. dude. What's your like, do you want to do your Instagram and all that kind of stuff? I'm on Instagram and Twitter, but I also, uh, if anyone, uh, I, I I do this monthly or bi-monthly rather every two months, I'll do this thing called a muse letter where I write a kind of essay. That's kind of a dry word for it, but I just write about, you know, where I'm at and where I'm stumbling and what I'm learning. And I kind of try to make some connections and then I recommend things I'm reading, things I'm watching. That's a great idea. Yeah. So a lot of people really seem to enjoy it. And it's the sign up is on my Twitter or Instagram page. There's a link you can sign up and it's like literally once every two months. So just at Josh Radner at Josh Radner, both of them. Yeah. Okay, cool. Cool. And Radner Lee is Radner and Lee is at Radner and Lee. Yeah. Facebook, Instagram, all that. All right, guys. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you. Good talking to you guys. Drink some Kava. Hi, this is Joseph Arthur. Thanks for checking out Come to Where I'm From. Please support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash come to where I'm from. We are an independent podcast and any contributions you can make are greatly appreciated. <laughs>